Hello and welcome to The Hill Is Always Greener, a show where four friends have chill discussions about Sonic the Hedgehog to distract themselves from the inevitable passage of time and their own rapidly waning ability to relate to the youth, even though there's a new Sonic game that we're going to be talking about today and now we have to try and sort of connect to the youth a little bit by talking about it. Whoa, Sonic. Anyway, how is everyone? <laughs> Doing pretty swell, man. I'm here. Reaching... <laughs> yeah, reaching. <laughs> reaching is all we do on this podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm Falero, by the way. <laughs> I'm Rock the Jake. I'm Cyberlink. <laughs> and I'm Game Buddy. We made it. Yeah, we made it to another episode of the podcast. Uh, we made it to what's probably going to end up being one of our biggest episodes yet. It might not be too short, I'm afraid. Sorry, everyone. We've got to talk about a big topic. But, uh... It's kind of weird, actually. Uh, this is a modern... We're going to be talking about a modern Sonic game that we really like. It's it's strange, uh, but I, a welcome experience. This is the first mainline game to be released since we started this podcast. Yeah, that's true. Oh, my goodness. You didn't have to say that. <laughs> well, I did, well, I did anyway. I guess uh, you're welcome, everyone. The people that like Frontiers. I'm going to take credit for that. <laughs> yeah, that's us. We're, we're in the universe where we started a podcast and we got a pretty good Sonic game. So, yeah. You know. <laughs> it, was, it was all us. Uh, please make sure to send us PayPal donations at money.com. <laughs> Just bear in mind, the reason that there were issues with Sonic Origins is also due to us. But, you know, it was a sacrifice we had to make. I'm sorry, everyone. Yeah, yeah. You got to balance those scales somehow. We looked through all of the, the possible futures and it was the only way, but... Hey, that, that turned out that turned out all right in the end. <laughs> but what we have here is uh, uh, we're talking about Sonic Frontiers, by the way. In case we didn't make that clear, that is the now we say the new Sonic game. It's not actually even new anymore by the time we're recording this. Let alone by the time you're hearing this. Uh, as usual, we're not jumping on the hot trend and talking about it immediately for clicks, uh, to our own detriment, it seems. But it's fine, <laughs> because I'm quite happy to talk about this in a measured way uh, a while after I finish playing it. And I'm I'm willing to bet that by the time this comes out is they jumping all the way to the end of the show that Sega <laughs> announced that, hey, they are releasing post-game content for Sonic Frontiers throughout the rest of this year. So, yeah, yeah. it's it is it is relevant and conti- will continue to be. Absolutely. Just like Sonic Spin Dash, it's all cyclical. So Sonic Frontiers, eh? Yeah, it's hard to know where to start because there is so much to talk about with this game. Well, I thought the best thing would just be to kind of, I mean, not really delve into the dev history because I I feel like people have probably already done that or haven't done that already as far as like, you know, give give it some time. I'm sure we'll learn more about like their process of, hey, we did Sonic Forces, now it's time to start working on the next thing, and you know, <laughs> uh, how that turned out. You know, we had the, uh, what was it, gosh, the the Sonic Rangers leak and... and yeah. Rangers. <laughs> the, uh, you know, the the um, leaked uh, what was it, like, focus testing they did that, you know, just on text from, um, you know, some admittedly, like, 
famously cynical mean sources talking about how much like the Psyloop sucked and the combat was bad and and really dismissive I remember yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> and so by the time we got like the first trailer um it was like well I mean I guess we'll see and um I'm sure everyone will remember like the the frontiers uh uh uh, game footage summer of game footage where they started with a really weird like non-linear like 12 minutes of exploration with no one narrating explaining what's you know going on and then right after that they released like two gameplay videos about like here's how the open world works here's how cyberspace works here's the combat and it's like wow y'all really should have like reversed those like explained <laughs> explained what was you know wh- what we were looking at before before just throwing raw footage out of us but man by the time that they were like you know consistently putting out like little quick looks of the game and by the time it came out i was pretty excited like by uh, by the time they announced like the how the story was going to be handled i was excited because hey i i like ian flynn's writing for sonic have for a long time and Mm -hmm. I sure thought it it came together and was a a fun experience. <laughs> yeah. It was it, it was interesting following all the like advertisements going up to it whether it was like a straight up like like video teaser ad or if it was like a gameplay video here or there. And it, it was interesting seeing like the 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 social wave going from eh, I don't know about this to all of a sudden it seemed like there was some point in the advertising campaign where something just clicked for everybody and everybody's just like, this is looking pretty good. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. When they started advertising it properly, that's when it started looking good. Who'd have thought? Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it did feel, and I can only speak for myself. It did feel different from the, uh, look as as silly as it as it is to boil it down i do think that there is something to the sonic cycle of you know well maybe it'll be you know better than the last one you know building it up my expectations etc etc and then oh well that was whatever time for the next one <laughs> and it just it felt different from that because i think they i mean they were they were pretty forthcoming about this not being another like boost style sonic game like they you know they didn't straight up say hey we're going we're going back to adventure we're going back to you know x or y it's like this is going to be a new thing and so you know keeping that in mind i i went into it with like tempered expectations and and was pleasantly surprised i mean let's just briefly just I know we we got to say it right off the bat. We're going to talk about it in more detail before, but the one thing which actually caught my attention more than any of like the early previews and everything was the mention that Ian Flynn was going to be on board for this because that's what a lot of us have been asking for a long time. Like, no no offense to Ken Pontek and Warren Graff, I, I enjoyed a lot of the stuff that they provided for the Sonic stories. But, you know, Ian Flynn is a boy who has been writing for Sonic for a long, long time. Why did I call him a boy? (laughs) It's a strange concept, this small child writing Sonic. Well, small children do tend to do that. But um, (laughs) for a long time, he has been writing Sonic fiction in a way that I think is really good. And now he's a part of what has been for a while a struggling narrative in, in video games in that. That's Sonic. Uh, it has been for a while. Yeah. Yes. I, I 
I, I, I don't think it's it's crazy to like make it clear that this was not only like, hey, bringing in Ian to to uh, like do the the English story is that no, the 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 director and the producer, um, you know, uh, Kishimoto and I- Iazuka respectively, like brought Ian in to like write the main scenario like they they gave him the the bare bones they had like it's going to be open world, you know, Sonic and friends the are are coming to these islands etc etc but i think this is like one of the first times that like that was done by like not someone directly within like japanese sonic team like ian was not taking a translation of a japanese script and adapting it like previous writers and localizers have done for the series like he he got to flesh out this stuff and you know he's been as as open as he can i'm as always like there are lots of like NDAs and like how the sausage is made he can't get into but I re- definitely recommend like looking up his his YouTube question and answers where he talks about some of this and how he was very much in communication with um Sonic team and everybody and like hey can I use this character can we mention this one um you know can Sonic say this etc etc and it, yeah I would be lying if that was not the main factor that made me excited for this game like you know everybody's got opinions on on Sonic writing some people some people have valid reasons for not liking <laughs> Ian's writing but uh, I'm sorry like the crazy people that hate his guts like I <laughs> sorry I just that ain't me man I I was excited to hear that he was uh, going to be working on this and uh yeah like spoilers I really liked it <laughs> now I do believe that uh, weren't Pontac and Graf like a bit more involved in Lost World story I would have to look it up. I I still think that the like the majority of it was laid out for them as far as they and and again I this is all stuff I'll have to like look up after the fact. But I I don't think it was ever as like they were given almost a blank slate. It's not it's not like you know generations where they were doing more translation localization mm. than they were. You know, they had a lot more freedom on Lost World, as I recall. Yeah, yeah. That does that checks out. It does. It's not your typical Sonic story in many ways. It's a little. It's a little out there. But uh, this one also not your typical Sonic story in many ways. And boy, I like it because of that. <laughs> yeah, I I, I want to dive into the story. I mean, <laughs> as much as I loved the game on the whole, like that was the main part that got me like super excited in the presentation. But uh, let's talk about the gameplay and like how this game feels compared to. I mean, geez, the entire 3D Sonic series. <laughs> I will say. There is plenty of what the Sonic 3D series has been up to this point within the game itself, if you look at its cyberspace stages. But that is but a small fraction of the actual game time, because for the most part, you're playing open-world Breath of the Hedgehog, I guess. (laughs) Uh, A concept I wasn't sure that I was going to like or enjoy in any way, but it's fun. Yeah, we kind of discussed that when we did our um, uh, fan fan games episode with uh, Sam of Freak Zone Games, where like that has been a thing that's been around for a long time in like 3D Sonic fan games is like, yeah, here's an open world. Here's how Sega should do it, quote unquote. But how do you build an entire, you know, full priced 
game around that. And I, I, I feel like Sega at least fi- figured out, figured it out on the, on the, on a surface level for frontiers. Yeah. I feel like they, I feel like for the most part, they, they really made it work in Sonic frontiers. I'm not going to say they hit it completely out of the park, but they definitely using a baseball analogy. They definitely third base, if not a home run on this, just not out of the park. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In, inside the park home run. <laughs> yeah. Inside the park home run. That's a good way to describe yeah. it. Cause I, I think there is a good progression of of what is available in the open world segments um, from zone to zone, or I should say open zone, because that's how they've described it. <laughs> um, but like starting from the first zone, it's it, it it's a little bit more sparse. You kind of get, and I think that might be a good thing. You get to like kind of really understand how Sonic moves in this game, in particular. Um, and then as you go from zone to zone, there's kind of more things to do, more enemies to fight, more obstacles, um, especially on the on the third zone. That's that's a lot going on there. <laughs> but um, I think there are still times when you're traveling the open world and it's just a little bit too sparse in a couple of areas. And I think like maybe some parts of the world could have actually gotten shrunk down just a little bit or some ways to get around could have been, could have been polished, could have been enhanced a little bit, but overall the, the open world really shines here. And it's interesting because going into the game, I actually thought the cyberspace levels were going to be one of the more, I mean, the open world's a big thing, but I thought the cyberspace was going to be like kind of the, the glue and the thread that holds things together. But at least for myself speaking, I don't honestly remember a whole lot of the cyberspace levels. I remember some definitely, especially because in preparation for this, I did the arcade mode where I went through all the levels just to either refresh my memory or do some of the ones that I didn't get to in the open world. But honestly, I remember more about the open world than the actual level to level stages. I feel like that was something we started hearing from people who got to play it for like extended periods of times, uh, like trade shows before it came out, where the it started to shift where people were like, oh, okay, like the cyberspace levels are there, but they're not really the main draw. Like you do get resources for them, like you you need to go to the cyberspace levels to like unlock the Chaos Emeralds, but they're like pretty quick sections of levels and I, I believe most of them are like built off architecture from previous 3D Sonic games like yep. I knew uh, Shadows Sky Rail was in there uh, but I marked out when it dropped me into Metal Harbor and I realized that what it was like yep. I yeah that was pretty cool oh, like yeah I can place I can place that now yeah <laughs> as as the internet is wont to do when it was pretty much revealed that like all the cyberspace were based on like old levels people were like i can't believe they did this they copy pasted it it's ridiculous and you know now that i've played through the game a few times i think it works fine um like i i also agree that it does get a little monotonous because they're all based on what is it four archetypes it's green hill um chemical plant uh sky sanctuary and it's some something city-ish. It's vaguely like Speed Highway, City Escapey, but yeah, it's more of it, like a Frontiers update to to yeah that. Yeah. And I, I think they do kind of get monotonous, but at the same time, like most of them take like less than ninety seconds to do, uh, unless it's a you know one with a gimmick going. So yeah, it's kind of weird to do a level that's 
that is even longer than two minutes and feel like this is long <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of to pad it out a little bit as well i feel like they felt like i remember them saying that like they felt like the game wasn't complete enough without a little something extra so they just mm-hmm. like well back to the old generations draw <laughs> like they done for forces it could also be like a case of you know, in case the open world doesn't work out, they want to have like a more traditional Sonic experience to yeah. kind of counterbalance that. I I think you're on the money. Even if they're basically the equivalent of the Breath of the Wild shrines in the game. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I think that's what the arcade mode is for too. So that I mean, you have to unlock it by beating the game. But like, if you if you do want to. If for like for the people who do want to go back to Sonic Frontiers and like I don't really feel like doing the open world, I just want to like pop in for a second. You know those levels are there for you. You know you talked about how the game the the game dumps you on the first island, and I, I thought it did a pretty good job of introducing you to the the concepts pretty quickly, like literally with a voice from the sky telling you <laughs> yeah. where to go for like the first ten minutes. Um, the thing that really surprised me, and you know, this was, this was known before the game came out, was how much you can adjust, like, how Sonic feels in the open world. Unfortunately, it doesn't carry over into cyberspace, but that's probably its own kettle of fish. Mm-hmm. Um, I, how, how much did y'all play with those sliders and, and fine tuning? Cause my, not, my, not much. Like I set I myself really. to high speed mode and kind of left it there. Yeah, same, really. I didn't really bother messing with it. Maybe I should have. Might have been funny. <laughs> I think I set. <laughs> I think I set myself to high speed as well, and I think I messed with the 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 fine tuning a little bit, but I don't think I delved too far deep into it. I kind of want to go back and mess around with that a little bit more now. <laughs> I think the the most I did is immediately turned everything up, like turning radius and whatever. And I think I could have played the game like that, but I didn't like how it looked visually, where like Sonic was like making like ninety degree turns instantly. And I was like, <laughs> I you know, I kind of like the the level they had it at, where I I still felt like I could make like um you know, all of the high speed movements, like boosting as fast as possible, like, uh, without the, the turn radius turned all the way up. But I do really appreciate the fact that those options are in there at all. And especially if like, Hey, you know, this might be your first 3d Sonic game or first 3d Sonic game in a while, if you fell off, um, and that, uh, you can, you can tweak that, uh, forever you want. Cause there, there's some accessibility options in there for like motion blur and whatnot. Cause I know that that can bother some people real bad yeah they've never done this before though they've never given you the right to be like okay how fast do you want your sonic yeah uh, that's unusual but i kind of like it uh yeah and it, it is it stacks on top of the fact that you can upgrade like all of sonic's abilities including his speed yeah if you want to wait a long time <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so so speaking of the upgrades and i meant to talk to you guys about this while i was playing but like where did y'all end up placing most of your, I guess, your attention and time into upgrades? Because I definitely spent the most time doing strength and defense and then speed after that, and I didn't really bother with rings. What'd y'all do? I was definitely more speed-focused over rings, but that's mostly because, like, strength and defense, those will just go up on their own based on how many collectibles I find. Yeah. But it's like, I didn't really see a whole lot of need for more rings at the time. You already have a lot of rings. 
Like, yeah. and then it just kind of, and it just kind of like decreases your ability to do the uh, blue lightning, like max rings thing. If you if you make it the old max ring account even higher. Yeah, like it doesn't really become worth it until you get to the very last level of that, which uh, will give you unlimited uh, blue movie lightning. But it's yeah. like it's also such a slog to level up the speed of the rings because oh, you can boy. only do it like. You gotta collect the co. You gotta collect so many cocos. You can only do it one at a time. And it's just that just seems <sighs> like I I'm kind of surprised they have not put a quality of life patch out to address that. Hey, they finally did. They waited to include it in the first planned free update, but hey, what are you gonna do? And that first free update should be available by now. So go download it and check it out. Because. There's no reason you shouldn't be able to do multiple levels for that. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, but with the hermit Coco, he just like says, "Oh, you got all these? Yeah, I have it all at once." Yeah, <laughs> Elder's like, "Sorry, I need to take my time with this. It's a very <laughs> delicate process. I have to count all of the cocos you've delivered to me." It's cloudy right now. My solo calculator's not working. Hold on, wait for the sun. <laughs> <laughs> so if you don't know, th- this game being open world is chock full of resources. And so there are different resources for upgrading all of Sonic's main abilities, which is speed, ring capacity, and then strength and defense. Uh, strength and defense have their own um, little, uh, I mean, they're just like heart pieces. <laughs> they're they are funny, funny little fruit shapes, but... They have their own separate those, but then speed and ring counts are upgraded with uh, collecting Cocos, the little, um, you know, terracotta, very chow reminiscent. Uh, hmm. ooh, we'll get to yeah, that. Aha, you found them. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, again, just just they're just Koroks, but hey, that's that's fine. I There are a lot of influences in this game that it wears on its sleeve, and I'm like, yeah, sure, why not? It works. I feel like it works, so who cares? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it great that you pick them up like rings, though? Like, it's yes. not an elaborate process. It's just like, on the go. Yeah, but I feel like you had to, like, actively go looking for them. They weren't just kind of... They were kind of as commonly scattered around as like rings were and it's like they were they're easy to miss too like they kind of blended with the environment yeah 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 they do tend to they at least i i did appreciate like the little the little bubbles they hang out in sometimes it gives you like 20 at a time oh yeah oh like you just pick those up automatically you don't have to run around but (laughs) so anyway yeah all that to say that strength and defense uh your upgrade guy one of the um uh, I think he's the Hermit Coco, and then yeah. the Elder is the one. Yeah, Mr. Hermit Coco just says, "Oh, you collected, you know, forty speed and defense things. Let me just upgrade you all at once." And the little animation completes in about five seconds and says, "All right, your speed went up by two levels, and your defense went up by three. And unfortunately, when you go to the Elder Coco, who asks you to, you know, rescue all these little potted plant babies, <laughs> uh, he only takes what is it, twenty at a time? Will ask you." every time what level do you want to put it in do you want to put it in speed do you want to put it in rings or do you not want to cash it in at all and all of your abilities go up to level 99 and the animation for upgrading takes about oh seven to eight seconds and 
yeah, that's not too fun. Not sure why they decided not to do the same thing for both, where you say, hey, you have 20 levels available, put, you know, 15 into speed and five into rings. And I'm going to I'm going to be honest, I turned on auto key presser and went to make a sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Has someone done the the Chad Hermit Coco versus the, the Virgin Elder Coco? Yeah, sure. I mean, thankfully, to bring it back, like most of my complaints about Frontiers are just little nitpicky things like that. Yeah, like the fact that, like, oh, you know, the cyberspace uh, levels um, maybe don't feel as tight as they did in Unleashed or Generations because it's a whole new, you know, physics and control scheme. But also, they're not a huge part of the game. And you can um, actually kind of skip them, but we'll get yeah. Um, they're not, uh, you know, they're not bad at all. Or, you know, the fact that a lot of the the open world is populated with, like, floating platforms and springs and that just kind of pop in everywhere, which, again, is something I bet they patch because I don't want to tell tales out of school, but people have been ripping the game apart and saying, like, oh, the pop-in issue is something they could fix for the basically every platform but the Switch. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we'll see. But, but yeah, I actually had a lot of fun just running through the levels and jumping on the random platforms because it feels tight and doesn't, it does a super good job. I can count on like one hand the number of times that something failed and like dumped me out of a platform that I was supposed to going in. And I was like, wow, they really sat down and said like, if we're going to do this, it has to work every time and i it just about for me <laughs> i was very surprised just thinking back to things like um you know adventure or or even up to heroes talking about like the times where the uh light speed dash on rings failed and hey they put it on its own button finally for this game yeah. so <laughs> it's almost impossible to fail it i must have missed the tutorial that told you push the stick in to do the ring dash because i like kept seeing him and i'm like how do i how do i do the i missed that too yeah i i did as well so (laughs) put that on the negatives column (laughs) uh it's generally pretty solid i think like obviously there's plenty of jank across the game that's something people have been very quick to point out and that's fair it's a multi-platform game that's difficult to get right and uh, I do feel like some t- the gameplay is at uh, its weakest. Like once you get to like the third island, and you're stuck like doing lots of these two D sections where it like drags you out of the three D plane to be yeah. like, nope, you're playing this bit now. You're doing this whether you like it or not. Uh, but for the most part, it's just really fun. More so than I expected it to be. To be honest with you. I think I, I've been watching a few people play through the game just to, to especially over the holidays, just to build up my, like, I need I need some outside perspectives. And I think it was um, uh, Liam was playing on uh, Matt McMuscles' channel and coined some really good phrases that I really appreciated where, um, oh, I think it was, was it? A little micro tasks. Yes, microtasks, that was it, that are, uh, you know, kind of kind of mindless, but not in a bad way. It's, it's stuff to do that feels like it's contributing towards a larger goal. And the game does a really good job of spacing those out, like, there is almost always something to do. Yeah. Like, whether or not it needs you to, like, I think I, I've already said the game is full of resources and gives you a ton of them. 
I'm, I'm sure because they decided like what would be worse, like people getting too many of these or people getting stuck and saying like, oh, well, I guess I got to go find 40 more whips doodles and getting <laughs> bored. So I, I think they went with the the former. And and yeah, for the most part, I, I think it it works really well. Like you said, the one of the exceptions is, yeah, once you make it to Chaos Island, they do decide to like force you on those 2D planes a lot. And, it, you know, thankfully, they they abandon that pretty quick right after that island. But it does kind of feel like they were like, well, what do we do to distinguish this island? Oh, we'll put a bunch of this in and eh, not my favorite, but also it does end eventually <laughs> yeah i'm just not a big fan of the 2d sections because it is those unleashed generation style 2d sections that just my brain's like okay time to play a classic sonic game wait no it's different and weird <laughs> <laughs> yeah and that happens in the cyberspace as well and it's fine i got used to it but being forced into it ain't great yeah it's 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 not as bad as forces that's for sure where oh. i feel like the, mm. the 2d like felt its worst um yeah. but yeah thankfully it's yeah it's not 60 percent of the game like that but anyway yeah there there is one mechanic of, of sonics that i want to mention that i for the most part i i just did not like throughout most of the game and it's very this is nitpicky this is very specific but it's his turning in air when he's jumping it feels really slow and it feels like they're forcing him to like make a like make a ellipse or a circle in the air instead of previous games where he could kind of like turn on a dime in the air to move around and that kind of messed me up in both open world and cyberspace and i'm just like i just want to quickly go this way but it's like making me sludge through molasses in the air just to like turn and jump at the same time and that that's that's the one part of like sonic's like ongoing core functionality that i didn't like otherwise i was fine with it but that that did cause some frustration here and there it it feels like and even the uh, the officially produced speed strats videos uh, uh that came out for it that it wants you to launch sonic like in the direction you want him to go then to like instead of being able to like uh divert him in midair like a plane which is how like the adventure games worked i remember like that was half of those is yeah you jump off of this and just guide sonic down and yeah it doesn't really work like that in in frontiers so it it takes some getting used to yeah I did like that, though, you were talking about the micro-tasks. There's also, like, the challenges that you have to do across the map. That's one of the things that kept me playing, is like, well, I need to unlock the whole map now. My completionist brain wants me to do that, so you're not... So while yep. you've got this massive space, you've got, like, you've got incentive to go around and unlock the rest of the map, and I enjoy that. Like, some of the challenges are BS, like, no question about it. Some of them I really struggled with, and I don't think it was meant to be as hard as it was. But some of them, you're just like, okay, you need to repel this you need to parry this ball that's going to shoot at you guess how you do that you hold the parry button yeah so it's not a really a parry a at all <laughs> <laughs> it's more of a activate sonic's permanent like uh force sense <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is it's fine i th there are a bunch of concepts in this game that work but i feel like should have been you know in a perfect world with unlimited time and resources they could have pushed a little forward but is a great um like it makes me really excited for they follow up to this game where they refine a lot of that and the parry is one of those where uh, again i bet they 
said, okay, well, what would be worse if we try and introduce a, you know, an action game, you know, Devil May Cry, Bayonetta dodge mechanic, or just a cool parry that is, you know, that anybody can pick up and and figure out. And I agree with you that I also like the little challenges to fill out the map. Like by the time I was replaying the game, I was like, well, I'm just going to do all those first (laughs) to, (laughs) to unlock the whole, the whole area. And I, I, I feel like they did a good job of having just enough of unique ones and some repeating ones that I was always looking forward to what the new ones would be. So when I made it to the final island and there's a really cute like Tetris, uh, you know, columns-esque mm-hmm. uh, block puzzle where you have to look at the different pieces and then drop them in the order they are in the example. I, I really like that. Yeah, that was a neat puzzle. The the one thing I wished, and then to go back to like, hey, for the sequel maybe, is I wish they would have had some kind of flag to where you didn't accidentally do like the harder version of a puzzle first. So, you know, like one of those where it's a a larger shape or, you know, you have to parry four times instead of two. Like, I I wish they would have set something up to where, like, you always do the easiest one first and build up instead of, like, just finding the harder one on the map. I'm I'm happy to say that that's, like, the biggest uh, nitpick I had for those little challenges. I I really like some of the... um, the racing ones where it's you, you hit the flag and then like, it, you know, like a thousand yards away is the, uh, the, the platform you have to go. The ones that like shoot you up onto really tall towers just felt so good to complete. Even if the, the timing is quite generous. <laughs> Not a big fan of the ones with the balls though. The blue balls, are, uh, uh, the blue <laughs> spheres, you might say that they shoot at you, that you're supposed to shoot back into hoops. Cause I had a real like depth perception issues with that one like working out how to send them through those hoops maybe i'm the only one who struggled on those but i don't know i did a bunch of them by accident like it pretty much counted like if you touched the lip of the ring they're supposed to go through it's like oh that counts but yeah like it took a while to get the right angle for some of them but i never reached a point where i ran out of time on them Oh. Yeah, they they also they they don't really communicate that like jumping into the ball versus doing a homing attack on it like produces very different angles. You just kind of have to figure that out on your own. I, I, I guess it's, you know, you do it enough times you eventually get it. But yeah, some of them were pretty like finicky. I do got to say. I did it legit the first time the uh, the little jump rope ones where you know it wants you to hop in time with the laser before I realized that if you just jump in the air and hold the parry button Sonic levitates so (laughs) (laughs) but again like that that is such a harmless like I I wouldn't even call that like a a criticism it's just a the that that parry will get refined in whatever is next um because it does, I, I think the, and, and maybe now is the time to talk about the combat, the, the parry falls into the rule of cool for Sonic's combat system, mm-hmm. which I think succeeds in that uh, aspect 100%. It, it took me so long to realize what I was supposed to do with the parry, because I'm used to, you know, character action games where they want you to parry by having you press the button at the same time as the attack making contact. And I kept trying to do that. I'm like, why isn't it work? Why isn't it work? And I'm like, oh, no, I can just hold the button and it will automatically parry as soon as yeah. <laughs> something hits. 
it it took me some time too to figure that out especially uh the first supersonic fight where it is asking you to parry and it really just wants you to hold it down once the uh, yeah. you know the the your enemy is winding up for a big attack uh at the end of the day i really like the combat i don't think it's that complex like once you you start unlocking moves on the skill tree you know and if you've played a any game made in the past like 20 years basically like since the first assassin's creed you know what like that skill tree looks like and you do kind i did find myself going like huh that skill tree sure is kind of small yeah it turns out that yeah you can pretty much unlock the entire thing by the third island um aside from like the the story moves and uh, you know i i don't think that's necessarily bad um i you can unlock an auto combo where um you know, there's several points in the game where it says, like, do it this way for, you know, bonus damage or this way for, you know, lesser damage. I can't say I really ever saw a difference, mostly because I was leveling up, you know, my yeah, strength and yeah. defense a lot. But like I said, at the end of the day, the combat looks really good. Um, it feels like they, like, studied a lot of like what makes sonic moving look cool <laughs> from like you know I, I would imagine like previous animations stuff like sonic x like hell even back to like you know the the sonic cd intro and like how do we translate that into sonic defeating these evil robots and it works uh some really cool moves there to be honest with you yeah. lots of speed relay based moves and things like that I wish there was more, a few more moves available on the skill tree, especially because after you unlock everything, you just keep earning the skill points and it just becomes like 99 plus. <laughs> but um, yeah, I maxed out my skill tree, but was like halfway through. Yeah. But I, I, I think in this case, it's, it's a good thing because I think we've all, all four of us here have played games where there's menus with just a ton of stuff and your mind immediately just goes blank and you're just like, why am I even looking at this again? So it's, it's nice to not be bombarded by like a ton of pictures and text. And in this case, I'd rather be wanting, I'm glad that I'm wanting more than wanting less. Yeah. Cause there are many, there are times in Sonic's past where I'm like, boy, this is too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I and I feel like they could do that. I'm I'm even thinking of um you know around the same time I was playing the new God of War Ragnarok, which has a a simplified combo system compared to like previous God of War games, but is also like quite complex. And I still did, and you know, fully saying this might just be how I I tend to play games with lots of combos is you find your bread and butter combo and kind of stick with it yeah and i kind of made it to the end of that game without having leveled up like <laughs> maybe you know 60 percent of my other combos and so spent some time in that god of war game like doing those and realizing oh that there is a lot of this to it and like you said i'm i think i'm glad for the first time they've introduced such a complex by comparison combat system for sonic that they uh you know played it safe maybe is the the right phrase to use then yeah dumping in a whole bunch of stuff that like might have gotten lost by the wayside like you know could you imagine making it through to like the last island and realizing oh i haven't used this move once <laughs> <laughs> i mean i'm just thinking of like the werehog combat menu and i'm like oh, i'm boy. not gonna remember half of oh this. yeah yeah <laughs> no <laughs> And it, yes, I think I've said that before, is, yeah, you find the one combo that works in for the Werehog and just stick with it. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, yeah, that's a good example. I'm glad they didn't do that again. They, yeah. Uh, uh, again, it makes me excited for like the follow-up to this to see what they can add on top of that. Yeah. Combat's really good, though. Uh, it's silly. It's simple, but it's good. And when you find a new enemy, you just like work out what the... What, okay, what's the deal with this one? What do I need to do to beat this one? Yeah. And once you've like struggled through that, you're like, okay, now I know how to do this in the future. Or I'll just avoid them because you don't need to fight them all. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I think that does um, uh, even like my second playthrough when I unlocked the auto combo feature, I just enabled it because I, you know, like I said, I'd played through the first time, like 20, 30 hours, like doing all the, the, the moves individually and just got to like, okay, I did that. Let me just kind of have a make Sonic look cool button. <laughs> but... <laughs> The enemies do, um, like you said, like they do introduce uh, like second tier enemies, like, you know, above the the garbage fodder ones that require like specific moves to properly defeat. And I thought there was a good balance, um, especially once you make it to the um, what is it, Ares Island, the desert with knuckles, where you have the one that you need to stomp on like a giant button. And yeah, yeah, I, yeah. that just felt good every time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, that was fun. There was times during the game when I was doing combat, and I occasionally thought back to Sonic um, Battle. Yes, Sonic Battle. Yes, because um, yeah. I, I played the crap out of that game, and I like. It, there's not really much you can compare as far as combat between that game and between Battle and Frontiers, but they're both. Like I kind of wonder, like if they if they do continue with this trend for like the sequel to Sonic Frontiers, it'd be cool if they incorporated some of the more. I mean, like, combat's already fast in this game, but, like, some of the really, like, almost twitch lightning fast moves in Sonic Battle, like, being able to, like, zoom forth in the air and then, like, do a slam down or, like, do, doing, like, a shockwave thing. Maybe refine and introduce some more, like, character action stuff. Like, I'm I'm actually surprised, like, there is the Psy Loop, which I guess is its own thing. I'm surprised they did not introduce something, like, akin to... Oh, um, like, like witch time and Bayonetta, like a a last second dodge, like slows down time or whatnot. Like there, there there's some visuals that make me think about that, but I, I would be surprised if in the follow-up to this, they didn't introduce something like that. Like, uh, like you said, like, oh, you know, maybe the parry window is still large, but the dodge window is, you know, much smaller, something like that. I'm actually almost surprised they didn't do like the still time from the Sonic movie. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. I know it's just the X Men Quicksilver thing, but <laughs> there's, there's a possibility for that, like stopping time, Zawarado. When you when your character is fast, it sure as hell works. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe we'll get some lips to God's ears, but I mean, you know, if Shadow is playable, like, are they going to have some chaos control stuff Ooh. in a in a follow up or, and you know, they promised playable characters in that thing, so I'm sh- you know, like it has been since he was introduced in the 2000s. I'm sure people are champing at the bit for Shadow, but I mean, I think it's just going to be the characters for that are in this game but i, I think so i mean because I, I know shadow is kind of like the uninvited guest for sonic frontiers because of the <laughs> because of the twitter takeover where it's the cast of sonic frontiers and shadow because yeah people care about him <laughs> <laughs> the psy loop i feel like it works it also uh, i mean i don't know what else to say about it other than it works in concept like you can 
draw a circle around an enemy for extra damage and it, it feels like a worthy extension to the combat that is not as um intrusive as i thought when like in previews they announced it yeah um, it's uh you can draw a circle yeah yeah you, or <laughs> anything else that you feel like drawing yeah draw draw an infinity symbol to get temporary boost draw oh yeah that's um, right that's a natural thing yeah <laughs> I forgot and that's that. kind of hidden in there i remember i did it an, by accident a few times until i finally realized like oh this is a, you know it gives you like free free boost for a little bit or you know you can draw you can cut grass in one of the mini games or I don't know. You can try and draw boobs. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> Not that I would ever do that. I mean, the main <laughs> the main purpose for the side loop in the end for me was just like, okay, need to build up my uh, speed meter. Yep. Time to do time to just farm rings for a couple minutes. Exactly. Yes. So I'm just circle, 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 circle. <laughs> I, I, I think that is the, the best application of it. And again, I wonder if that wasn't a like, okay, Sonic needs rings, but also this is going to be different but so we need something to where players can just get rings all the time yeah and yeah i think luke already mentioned it earlier but if you reach your your max capacity for rings is like you literally get a short little cutscene of sonic like going into movie sonic super speed mode with the blue aura <laughs> yeah. and the eyes and then your temper your max speed is temporarily increased and ah, it's just cool yeah. i remember when they that was literally just a cosmetic for sonic colors ultimate i was like you know that looks pretty cool like i wouldn't say i would ever want movie sonic to replace sonic like i think it's it's great in the movie itself but bringing in elements like that is pretty neat yeah. i think it's perfectly fits this this sonic as well and i like the i like the aesthetic as well and i just <laughs> whenever it pops up i've told you this before my brain instantly goes wow blue lightning is fast <laughs> <laughs> yeah that good old Sonic X pilot. Yep. <laughs> He's the only defense against the scientist of supreme evil, Dr. Eggman. <laughs> Eggman. <laughs> I, uh, I do want to add on to the Psyloop. Um, I do think it's uh, never at all in the game did I ever feel like the Psyloop was a hindrance to my gameplay or felt like it was being shoved down my throat for one thing or another. I felt like anytime you used it, it felt appropriate. And I think, honestly, given that you're in an open zone, open world thing, it, it was a stroke of genius to allow you to just farm rings by doing that because otherwise, like, imagine all the complaints of, like, like if you lose rings, you have to, like, search, squ like, tens or hundreds of yeah. square miles just to get enough rings to get your boost back. Go back to the, the, little, the little floating platforms you've already been to to get rings and yada, yada, yada. And, uh, yeah, I, it really does seem like uh, the uh, abundance versus scarcity, they chose abundance, and I think that was the, the way to go with it. Mm -hmm. um, and I do think the 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 mini bosses and and some of the higher tier enemies do a good job of reminding you to like hey try the psy loop on this you know <laughs> yeah. this this giant walking towers legs or um you know this enemy that is blocking all of your regular attacks like try the psy loop and um you know even when you get to these supersonic battles um it also like hey don't forget you can do the psy loop and whoop you just launch this you know hundreds of feet tall robot like thousands of feet into the air and here is a whole other like sequence and oh, i never oh, did man. that oh shoot i gotta try yeah, that <laughs> yeah yeah i gotta try that 
Oh man, it's it's pretty cool. Which boy, should we? I don't. You know, we're 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 trying to do this by section, and we're talking about gameplay. But I mean, do we save the supersonic stuff for for like when we we'll talk about the music supersonic. or? We'll get to yeah, the man. Scene. Yeah. Uh, just quick question. Uh, what's everybody's favorite? guardian you know the, the 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 mini bosses of the mini bosses which was your favorite one to come across i mean obviously the internet was very taken by squid <laughs> yeah <laughs> that live squid reaction every time you show because it's pr- it, he's really annoying squid will just be like come along and <laughs> bring his giant road to you and you'll be like i'm in the middle or something all of a sudden squid squid <laughs> the favorite one i saw which i mean might have been acknowledged by like the official sonic twitter account was like oh love is in the air wrong squid <laughs> 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 um all of the the ninja series which i think they're like five or six versions yeah um yeah those do a i think that's the first one you you fight in like the tutorial those do a great job of like hey use your combos on these guys i, I do actually like squid like the when i when i got into a groove of like uh, uh how to dodge the stuff because he he puts out a long like light path behind him and you hop on it and are like working your way up to the main robot to to destroy it and I think it's a little harder if like, I think it really teaches you to like, Hey, you, you kind of want to have max rings all the time. So you have that boost yeah. and it teaches you like how to like lay off the boost, let it charge back up. So you're not, uh, cause if you run out of boost, like you are like drop way down in speed for a few seconds and it's better to let off and let it catch back up. Um, so yeah, as for as silly and like, you know, uh, annoying it can be to just like <laughs> get squidded out of nowhere. <laughs> squid. <laughs> I, I do actually like squid. Um, the only ones I could really say were a little irritating were the ones that have like long cutscenes um, assorted with them, like Caterpillar and, um, what was it? Yeah. Tank have a few where it takes full control away from you. Um, Tank is probably the worst where it kicks up the dust storm and Sonic's just flying through and yeah. you're, you're kind of timing homing attacks like that felt a little cheap because it was a little hard. It didn't properly telegraph like this is where you attack in this section. Tank, I, I think, is the only one I didn't like. Um, I think any of the ones that sort of like, yeah, like you said, take control and sort of like, oh man, this is going to look so cool, but we need to like dominate the screen for like at least five or ten seconds. Uh, the the shark one I thought was a cool concept, but having to restart that battle over and over every time yes. I like, yes. hit into something, it's like, right, I gotta go wait for him to do his whole cool little setup of diving through the sand and dragging me along. That took a long it, time. It's yeah. one of those like style over substance things. It should be about half as long, yeah. I think yeah. the um, uh, the the shark because I, I I did like the shark, but yeah, I just it just took too long. For me, I I enjoyed pretty much any of the ninja series, and I also whenever there was a Strider, I was like, yeah, I'll go beat up a Strider. I'm cool with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, my I think my least favorite was the ghost because that luckily I only had to do fight that one once, but like oh, that was no. that was annoying. <laughs> it's drawn out. It goes so long. 
it's it's just too long. I like that it's very different because um, I don't think it's constantly draining your rings and you can't damage it until you hit the uh, the spots on the map, like the little the little to- activated towers um, that it does. Uh, I think and yeah, again, it just it just seemed like it it went on too long. Yeah. Um, it was also a little disappointing after like how cool the uh, like you said the. Um, Oh, I think I'm thinking of. Um, I really like the Ashura in on yeah. the first island. Yeah, yeah. That are just giant ones where you you climb up their legs and arms. And I was a little disappointed that these striders on Ares Island are. Uh, you know, you hop up the little rings and before you can get to the center. And I was like, oh, I kind of just wanted another Ashura where I could like run up to the top of this thing. But yeah, it's not that bad. It, I, I think the the um, the uh, the striders are actually really well balanced as far as like they don't take too long to get to that core and um, initiate uh, proper combat. And yeah, I, I think we forgot to say it, but like the lock on um, by just, you know, clicking in the thumbstick actually works pretty well for most of these enemies. Yeah. I quite like Sumo. I just think it's funny. Yeah, Sumo, <laughs> Sumo's pretty cool, yeah. yeah. Surprisingly so. You, you get to little... bounce off the ropes and, and knock yeah. it into them. Yeah. yeah, those are, I, I really like that too. It, it did take me a while to figure out that you could just kind of cheat Sumo real quick by side looping him and then doing the like quick time sequence, but... Oh, I, th- I thought that was, like, the intended way to do that. That's how I did it. I didn't realize the side loop thing at first. I just kept trying to get behind him, or or actually to, uh, like, manually push him into the electricity. Yeah, I think I think that is part of, um, you know, as far as the the side loop seems like, it's it's fairly inobtrusive as far as, like, you don't feel like you have to use it all the time. But those mini bosses specifically are good at pushing you to say, like, hey, don't forget to try the side loop. And and so it feels like a, a natural part of Sonic's moveset. I think the combat's all right. I definitely, like I said before, I definitely took some getting used to with the parrying there's definitely some enemies where i would like go out of my way to avoid them like what were the dogs that circle you that you have to parry all of them oh yeah on the on that last island those are those are fun one or two times and then you're like yeah i'm just gonna run past these Mm -hmm. these dumb puppers well one thing i will say is that the first time i got caught in the big bubble enemy like it came out of nowhere, and I'm like, "What the f- is this?" <laughs> <laughs> like it, it's it's terrifying, but also really gross. <laughs> it's disgusting, actually. Yeah, a little bit. And I I can't remember now off the top of my head if the drowning music plays. It does. It's the generations mix. Yes, it does. It play in like normal bodies of water too. I don't think so. Maybe I didn't sit okay. in the normal body of water for long enough, but it definitely played when I was in that thing. Yes, I love that. And I know the the count the five, four, three, two, one counter starts to come up in those enemies too. And they're very simple. That is like the definition of like this has a this is a one gimmick enemy. You just need to do your, you know, your your stomp. Yeah. Uh, you need attack. to stomp a new orifice into it and Yeah. <laughs> but the, the the fact that they they went like, yeah, this is trying to drown Sonic. This is a hey, why didn't Eggman come up with this concept? You should have, dude. <laughs> Yeah, the ultimate Eggman enemy would just be made of spikes and water. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I like how on the um the fourth island, like the uh you know, the the breather story island, some of those guys like actually help you traverse. Like they grab Sonic and take him to a place he needs to go, and then by the time you break out of him you're you're on a new platform. I thought that was pretty clever. Yeah, like I do wish though that there wasn't an as much of a stop when you use the homing attack. Like I get it for combat purposes, but it just made the cyberspace levels it feels like it's such a kind of momentum breaker almost where it's like yeah i'm so used to you know playing something like generations or unleashed where it's like bam 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 and then just for that solitary thud as you hit that first enemy and kind of the cooldown before you're able to hit the next one it's i don't know i don't like it quite as much I feel like they even acknowledge that in those speed strat videos where they're like, hey, homing attack is great for, uh, you know, traversal, but also you can boost before, you know, connecting with one and like jump past all the enemies. So it, it feels intentional, but it does take some getting used to when you're used to, uh, you know, more than two decades of the homing attack being much quicker. Yeah, I, I'm hoping they find a better balance with that in the next game. I kind of want to like take a moment to talk about what this game looks like because we have we've been kind of skirting around like the fact that this is a very different looking Sonic game, even like in terms of like similar games like uh, the the uh, I hate to make it like the in terms of look and maybe even vibe the closest game that's come out so far is Sonic 06, but this is not bad. Uh, and when I say not bad, I don't mean it's not bad in the sense of, eh, it could be better. I mean, it is not awful, terrible, horrible, <laughs> messy sort of game. Even though it invites the comparison, it's not a, you know, it's not a Sonic model ripped from another game dropped into your default Unreal uh, <laughs> Unreal Engine uh, uh, field. Um, it, it is more, would cohesive be the right word? Is that like, yes, this does, does not look like a traditional Sonic game, even like, like you said, like a Sonic 06 or an Unleashed that, that flirts with like realistic textures and, in, in environments. It, it, it looks proper. Like there, it is not weird to see Sonic running around like a beautiful field of flowers on these rocky islands. Um, I think for the most part, I, I, I really like it. I, I think the architecture of of the designs, the enemies, um, you know, we'll get into it, but like all of the ancient technology, um, all of these characters look right at home uh, uh, with that. Well, I think it employs a lot of like fantasy sci-fi, which I vibe with personally, maybe as like mm -hmm. a Mass Effect fan. Mm. Um, and as a certainly applies to the music too. But uh, what we've got here is like, it, it's not like Sonic in the real world, even though the environments look a lot more realistic than what you're used to for Sonic. And personally, I don't mind seeing Sonic run across a, a, a rainy landscape so much of lots of grass, because it just makes me think of, we've mentioned it before, but driving by in the car and watching Sonic the Hedgehog running past yeah. through the window. <laughs> yeah. That's sort of the vibe I got from this. Uh, but if it, like, this isn't just Sonic dumped in a big city or Sonic dumped in, we're just going to say Soliana because, uh, yeah. <laughs> this is Sonic in a, Sonic in a fantasy world, but not quite just a realistic fantasy world, weird as it is to say. 
it's it's less like like you said sonic 06 is like sonic dumped into uh, you know a final fantasy what 13 yeah or did it predate that anyway um and this feels more like like i said like a cohesive world like a you know like a xenoblade chronicles which is very like mm. you said high fantasy with um future tech yeah. with like anime people running around with laser swords it, it feels correct it, it feels like it was intentional and and not a um you know there there is the cyberspace levels but yeah none of the islands have checkered patterns or or uh even even you know it has lots of springs but even those like are are uh color-coded and designed to match the the surrounding architecture for the most part we spent a long time talking about the enemies, but their look also reflects this. And the thing is, them these enemies looking like weird sort of sci-fi monoliths, essentially, for a lot of them, uh, actually works for this because you could. Say, it's not like in Sonic 06 where Eggman was suddenly making all these like realistic. I think I compared them to bionicle-looking things. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, this is because this is like a new. Like we're gonna get not to get too far into the story, but this isn't necessarily. These aren't necessarily Eggman's creations, so it kind of checks out. Yeah, um, that that is something that comes up in the story. Like basically throughout the whole narrative, is characters keep saying like, all of this stuff on these islands looks like it was made by like the same civilization, and it turns out they're correct. And so yeah, the the enemies, the the level architecture. I, I love how even some of the platforms like have a very nice like ebony purple sheen um, yeah. that have some really nice reflections. Like I I I played the game on my my PlayStation Five, which I think is fairly comparable to the the pc version um and like the 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 reflections the the level surfaces the textures like uh, you know i feel like sonic games have always looked pretty okay but have never been like you know real showstoppers and frontiers like technical hiccups aside like looks really nice um all things considered i agree yeah it does from the start almost like I, I was really happy with how you're dumped right into this environment in the game with the exception of the initial rainfall like when you start off the game and that because that looks like static and it does not look great mm. but once oh, you get yeah, past yeah. that part and you're in this kind of like moody section of the island that you begin this level in i don't know it just it just really works for me i really it's good yeah <laughs> yeah it's it's another thing where I'm looking forward to what they add to it because like when you make it to Chaos Island and you've made it through like oh your first island is you know it's it's a rainy um, a little bit jungle it's more foresty um your second one is is your desert area and then uh Chaos Island is a like an active volcano like thousands of feet up into the you know the the elevation and they all just look really good like I remember the uh, the glowing lava like seeing it like halfway across the map looks really good and like my only major complaint is the fact that we don't have more like uh, environments like i really wanted a snowy level um or, yeah. or something yeah. like that or um maybe something yeah like a tropical jungle with much more like maybe instead of the sky like uh uh like you're you are under a canopy of a jungle and you you can't see the sun poking out except certain areas but uh, you know like again like 
I'm I'm just more excited for what they where they decide to go next. The fact that I'm happy with how everything in the game looks and and just want more. Give me more. Yeah. <laughs> that said, though, I think I agree with a lot of people that Chaos Island was kind of the low point in a lot of ways for me, just because it's so hard to navigate around because it's so splintered yeah. into different pieces and it's just kind of a slog trying to figure out how to get to each one. I suffered so long trying to get the one of the Chaos Emeralds because I didn't know where to go to get to it. See, <laughs> I, I think that I had gotten to one of them the correct way and then I forgot how I got there so I had to do something oh. completely different to do it. Like, I think there was like a specific passage I had to take to get there but it's like I had played, I had waited long enough to go back to it that I forgot about that so I'm like okay, clearly what I'm supposed to do is get this bird enemy that's circling around. Like That's what I did. Do the thing, climb on it, and then ride it all the way over this island. Which is cool that I could do that, but also I kind of wish I didn't have to do that because... Yeah. I, I don't believe it's the intended path because no. going through it again, there is a very specific rail... That is in a one corner tucked around a and, you know, it's hard to just describe it with words and not visually that will lead you to that group of islands that, yes, also the first time, like, I guess I broke sequence by using one of the flying enemies to glide over there. But I I mean, yeah, we've acknowledged it. I, I think you just put it on record that we all agree Chaos Island is probably the worst one just because of some odd decisions that maybe they didn't need to make and it sucks because i was looking forward to it when i heard chaos island what's that all about that's (laughs) gonna be interesting yeah i mean it is interesting but it sucks to play Mm. (laughs) i do like the fortress enemy that's pretty cool the giant one with the rails that's i guess it's like a fully evolved squid (laughs) (laughs) for me i think just the biggest problem with chaos island is that it's it's too segmented and they make you rely so hard on f- not just using grinding rails but finding the specific grinding rails that you need to get to one, from one particular mm. area to another and precisely and for for an open world game that's supposed to give you more choices of how to like get from point A to point B Chaos Island really limits what you can do in an open world Sonic game, especially with, as I mentioned just a moment ago, very specific grinding rails that you have to find and if you're going full blast, full boost, you'll skip it and you'll be like, where am I? <laughs> well, you know what the problem is? Is they've relied on the terrible thing that Sonic games have uh, that, that ruins a lot of them for me. Bottomless pits. Yeah. Because, yeah. <laughs> you know, the gaps between the islands are bottomless pits and that kind of defeats the whole open world thing if you're having to find a way to each one. Yeah. Don't fall in the lava either. <laughs> it's no. kind of funny though. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, he, he goes. Oh, <laughs> it, it was. Oh yeah. They. I mean, I'll get to it. I do love the the focus on, especially. I think it's it's when Sonic is doing tricks, but also when you hit a surface you're not supposed to be able to traverse. Is Sonic starts slipping and he he laughs the whole like when that happens, and I thought that was adorable. <laughs> it's yeah. like. Hey, 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 you know what? Like Sonic, despite the despite the hell he goes through in this game, he does not lose his <laughs> his childlike wonder for the world. Oh yeah, <laughs> isn't that like speak to Sonic 
in general because oh, yes. despite all the pitfalls and things that he's had to deal with over the decades he still finds the time to laugh about it because we <laughs> all have to <laughs> yeah is that is that a good transition to start talking about the story and characterization of this game because I, I think bit. I'm ready if y'all are because <laughs> we spent a while talking about like this kind of like almost muted somber look that the game has and I think and that's perfect for this kind of story because this is not your typical Sonic story. Oh, you know what? <laughs> we mentioned 06. Uh, this has vibes of Sonic 06 in that this sort of story is almost what Sonic 06 wanted to do. Just mm. not to quite the same scale. It's to a more personal, smaller scale. But this succeeds at it. Yes. Yeah. I I 100% agree I think this game, because that was another thing that they they talked about in pre-release. I think Izuka, I want to say the director and and Ian himself talked about like, yeah, we want to we want to strike a more like melancholy tone with this game, but at the same time, these are still like the characters uh, that you as you know them. And I I mean I immediately thought of like, well, that's what a lot of like I the IDW story arcs have, mm-hmm. have felt like, even. Um, uh, you know like lots of people bring up like the metal virus arc for being like pretty intense for a children's uh, yeah. you know mascot comic book character but then it is the fact that oh but it's it's still these characters and they they feel like themselves um and that is what frontiers feels like to me and specifically and you know i i think sega themselves have have quietly like uh started like disregarding any like canon age for the characters because uh, this game feels like these characters are reminiscing and going into this scenario with yeah more than 30 years of of (laughs) of a franchise (laughs) that they have been part of on their shoulders um and dug on it, I, I I think I think they pulled it off. It's so interesting to have a Sonic story where there's definable growth in the characters, and, and it's not it's not like mm. game specific. Well, okay, it's game specific. Let me reword this. It's not temporary growth to help them get from one story point to another story point, like. Mm-hmm. like example of Amy in adventure one compared to adventure two. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, like the characters in this game get straight up introspective. Like, I mean, especially, you know, like anyone who is not Sonic, who is stuck in, in, in between cyberspace and reality, they've got a lot of time to like think about things because they're not able to do anything. And, what better way to use that time than to be introspective and then you know the times where you get to talk to sonic like you're talking about what's on your mind and it's just really interesting i i enjoy it i i agree if i can (laughs) plug our our mutual friend uh uh jez i think did a comic about this where sonic is talking to knuckles where he's like oh hey knuckles what was it like being trapped in cyberspace and he's like it was a living hell Uh, (laughs) i had to confront every fear i've ever had uh music was good though. <laughs> and yeah there is there is that moment with each character where sonic's like uh, yeah i'm just running around my memories having a great time and they're like i wanted to die 
<laughs> um, but and you know, I'm exaggerating. But let's let's do a quick um, a quick recap of the story because um, I think we said in the pre-show like the story scenario itself is not that complex. We can get through it in about a paragraph, but it's all of the character interactions. Um, probably because you know the nature of trying to tell a cohesive story in an open world game. Um, it's that it is in little bits. So the story opens up with Dr. Eggman on a mysterious island. Uh, he's found these, this relic and tries to install his own technology into it. And I think he's, you know, he's kind of speaking vaguely about, oh, you know, this powerful technology of this, this unknown, uh, people on the planet. And as soon as he plugs in his little Eggman, uh, USB doohickey, like everything seems to go tits up for him. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> um the 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 enemies in the game appear and uh he uh seems to get dragged into this like pillar thing which uh you might recognize if you watch the uh the prequel um cartoon featuring knuckles which uh which dang is, oh, yes. yeah. i can't remember did we ever talk about that on an episode before we took a break i don't know no, no. we did not well okay yeah your homework for this is to go watch the sonic frontiers prologue with knuckles which is hot damn a great intro into how great knuckles is in this game game because like you know if you're as old as us and you remember when knuckles used to be like cool like a different kind of cool from sonic and not you know like hey i like it when he gets mad and punches things but i'd like it when he he was also cool uh but yeah that animation is fantastic dream team you know (laughs) it's uh ian flynn writing with evan stanley consulting uh, Tyson Hess with the designs, T Lopes with the music, aside from the battle music. So good. I don't know. It is it is like feature quality animation for a like six minute Sonic. Uh, hey, a Sonic short, a, a, an official one. <laughs> <laughs> What's good about it though for me for the, for the Sonic fans, like for me who wasn't sure what this story was going to be like, even though I was looking forward to what Ian Flynn would do with it. This is this this is the first sign of like Knuckles like hmm. Things that happened in the previous games. Let's talk about those for a few seconds. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, 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 what? What? You talking, like, when we saw, I saw a preview image of him on Angel Island, I was like, oh, so they're going to bring him back to Angel Island. That's cool. On the Emerald Shrine. He's like, I, my people were, were lost to time. I'm like, what? No, Knuckles, why are you talking about this? You never talk about this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and suddenly it's the Chaos Emeralds. Where did they come from? I'm like, yeah, where did they go? Are you going to get into that in this game? <laughs> yeah, we are. And suddenly I was like, I'm interested. So uh, that set the scene. Yeah, don't you literally see, like, the, you know, the little glowing pink to call spirit ball for a second? Yeah, in that yeah, short? yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's. Oh, man. Yep, that was good. So, yeah, the, Eggman seemingly gets sucked into this thing he tried to deactivate before these robots could tear him apart. Um, and then you see Sonic, Tails, Amy um, in the tornado flying in a a beautiful blue sky heading towards this mysterious group of islands because all of the chaos emeralds have seemingly gathered uh at these islands by themselves hmm keep that in mind um 
and you know, of course, you know, anytime the tornado shows up now, it seems like uh, it's immediately got to <laughs> get struck by lightning or hit by a missile <laughs> or basically just drop out of the sky. And uh, Sonic gets separated from his friends and gets dropped into the first cyberspace level, which I thought was kind of a nice touch that they, you know, just drop you into one. They've, they've done that with a couple of games and I, I kind of appreciate it before like, you know, getting getting to uh, the nitty gritty of the tutorials they'll just drop you into a level kind of like you know classic games used to do just boot it up and hey figure it out stupid (laughs) (laughs) and it's kind of a good bait and switch because like you know you do you drop into the first level which is you know green hill it's always green hill and um yeah yeah we've accepted it at this point it's fine um but like you know you get this like even though it's cyberspace it's still colorful it's still green hill and then when you're done with that then you go into like the melancholy drab kind of rainy opening area of the first island and it's like oh that's different (laughs) sonic wakes up puts himself together and immediately is like sounds pretty concerned that he you know he can't seem to find anybody tails amy oh looks like i'm the only one who made it out of that whatever it was he really does sound that way because Roger Craig Smith sounds a little different in this one. Yeah, yeah. yes, uh, a bit lower, lower performance. Like he's yeah. not his wise cracking usual. I mean, yeah, he is. He's got his jokes, but it's it's a different approach to the voice, I think, and the performance. Yes, I I think it's it is a a a good in between of his like how he played Sonic and Boom and how you know yeah. you usually expect Sonic, which is um. Uh, like you said, just very up high, high energy. This feels more like a naturalistic performance. Yeah. And I'm, I, re- I remember when the the first cutscene started coming out. I'm like, it sounds like he is reading like comic dialogue written by mm. Ian or, or or Evan or that team, and that that is how I I hear it. It's yeah, I think naturalistic is the the way to describe it because it it is occasionally sounds maybe like deeper than you're used to, but then even comparing it to um you know Junichi Kanemaru, longtime Japanese voice of Sonic. Tayrasa, Amy, it, it is very comparable that that was the direction that they intentionally went with. Yeah. Just said, hey, you know, just tone it down a little bit. Like maybe the Sonic is a little more tired or <laughs> a little more world weary at this point. And I it, it did take some getting used to. But once he starts, especially like conversing with other characters, it oh, man, it's. It's one of my favorite performances, like period, I've, I've heard of from Roger. Sonic. Roger's come a long way since the Alton Towers performance. Oh Whoa, check God. out the console! <laughs> hey there, and welcome to Sonic Spinball! I hope you're all ready for some high-speed fun! I just can't wait! Man, I think I still remember where I was on the day that audio leaked, and I was like, <laughs> uh, I don't know how to feel about this, but yes, it's... And you know, it's, it's, it's so interesting because I think if people have not watched like extra things the cast has done like the twitter takeovers that this is like a it feels like a progression of that of you know because maybe they weren't necessarily having to like i wondered like uh if this game was straight up like prelay instead of like did they did they have much of a you know stay within six seconds or this line or i don't know i'm i'm just geeking out on on voice acting stuff but <laughs> 
it, it really does feel like this this was an intentional different direction and i i really like it all that to say like i really love roger craig smith as sonic in this game like more so than ever and the fact that he does a lot of talking to himself like i i like it <laughs> I, I i'm glad a mysterious voice starts speaking to Sonic, which um, I believe is played by uh, Cindy Robinson. It is, yeah. It's it's one of those where almost every actor like doubles up on some roles, so they don't necessarily list it in the credits. I, yeah, like you said, I'm pretty sure it's Cindy doing this very booming, uh, you know, very like mature, commanding voice. Find the Chaos Emeralds. Destroy the Titans. Tear down the walls between dimensions. You know, once you find out what the voice is, like, listening to it again, you're like, dang, it's kind of like, uh, you know, kind of bossy, uh, a little scary. And, <laughs> yeah. um, but it's explaining, like, you got to go to cyberspace. You got to get the keys to get the Chaos Emeralds. Sonic's been through this before. He's had some mysterious voices and figures talk to him. So he's like, okay. So it's it's and not you can't criticize him for being dumb about it as a following a random voice because he's literally like, well, that's some direction. I'll take that. You know, yeah, like just I wants to be pointed somewhere to go. And that's he's like, well, that's the first thing I've had so far. Yeah. I mean, he pretty much he talks about that at the beginning of the game. He's like, I'm just trying to figure out what to do. Yeah. <laughs> I think the the next thing that happens is he does encounter Amy, who is locked up in this, you know, horrible looking cyberspace reboot hexadecimal prison. <laughs> I guess this is also where the uh, the memory tokens get introduced because that's like the resource that allows you to progress the story forward, and they're different on each island uh, for the most part and correspond to like the character they're connected to. So you know, the first island is Amy and so her memory tokens look like pretty little pink hearts. It is kind of funny that Sonic needs to gain currency to talk to his friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a way of stopping you from just, like, rushing through it, I suppose. I guess the, the, the story constantly ties things back to cyberspace. Like, cyberspace yeah. is this place that has imprisoned his friends, but not Sonic. Um, I think even the mysterious voice says, like, you're chosen, you're the chosen one, because... Of course he is. It's Sonic. <laughs> and so it has affected him differently. Um, I do think one of the conversations you have with Amy is she straight up says, like, do you think that's why you can control, like, a lot of the, the technology around the island? And Sonic is like, yeah, I guess so. It feels weird. Um <laughs> <laughs> And so that's why he can, you know, like seemingly move large objects with his mind and do the psi loop and whatnot. So over the course of this, you, you free Amy and realize that she is still stuck between like the real world where Sonic is and cyberspace. And is it's it's a little scary. You know, she looks like um, Samara from The Ring with the, <laughs> she's kind of got like that VHS effect on oh, her. Yeah. <laughs> on the first island. Amy's story arc. I mean, oh, sorry, I'm 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 basking in it. <laughs> it, it feel it really does feel like without being. And I'm gonna say ahead of time, I think all of this stuff works. Um, you know, we can talk about you know uh, criticisms. Just me personally, it feels like it is addressing like the past uh, again decades of characterization where. Amy just had nothing to do except follow Sonic along. 
Um, it is funny because you said you used the words Amy's story arc, and immediately that changes things in terms of Sonic game. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's not, I, I feel like where she ends up at the end of this game is not going to be undone in the next title because <laughs> they, this is where you encounter the Coco and realize that the Coco are living beings, but also like, like Sonic and Amy experience like memories interacting with them, like flash of of like um you know what the coco used to be and you know just to like bring it out because the game's like the the islands were inhabited by a a, a race called the ancients and they're called the ancients because they are you know said to have been like came to this planet like tens of thousands of years before anything else like came about or evolved like they are literally the the you know if you want to use a, a tacky description but like the ancient aliens uh progenitors um without you know like the the baggage <laughs> that conspiracy theory yeah. has in the real in the real world and the coco appear to be like remnants of them and i think you find out that they were never intended to like hold their spirits like some kind of like uploaded thing but it just kind of happened you see the ancients like carrying the coco with them like is a, like a lucky charm. little talismans yeah yeah or or yeah just jewelry and you know when they got all wiped out like some of their their thoughts and feelings stayed behind in these uh you know these little goobers I think Amy's one is they find it's they're trying to reunite like the the two lovers and the vision they get once they reunite them is oh they reunited just in time to both be like killed by this enormous like show of force we we don't even see what it is it's just a explosion and it almost seems like when this happens to Sonic and his friends like they are experiencing the 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 emotions as well like they're caught up in it and it really seems to knock amy for a loop like she you know sonic straight up asks her like hey uh you just need some time to work through it and she's like yeah i think i do i'll you know i'll catch up with you later and amy when they finally you know reunite for like the final main story conversation basically says that she's realized that you know that she's She's got some growing up to do. Like, she's always going to like Sonic, but has realized that she maybe has, like, lost sight of herself. Like, she is, she's literally, like, hit that part of adolescence where you kind of have to decide, who am I as a person? Hey, still thinking about the Coco? Yeah, and more. I'm not sure what happened, but I know what I saw. A love that transcended time. I believe in that power. When this is over, I want to share that love with the world. Even though it may take us far apart. I know you'll do great. I want to hear all about it when you come back. It just feels like such a such a wonderful evolution of how Amy started as you know, of having basically nothing in Sonic CD, coming back from adventure that was starting her, like, lifelong crush on Sonic. Uh, you know, ending that game saying she's going to be me more independent, and then media just constantly, like, she's always chasing after Sonic. It's funny, you know, she's the silly girl. And then getting to stuff like Forces and uh, the comics where it's like, well, she's she's a good people person. She's, she's good at leading, and this just feels like the the ultimate 
ultimate culmination of where the future holds for Amy Rose. And I, I, I couldn't be happier. <laughs> yeah. It is interesting that the like she she spends this time talking about how much love she has to give to the world and spread to the world. That could come across as some really cheesy ass dialogue, but it doesn't because all of this has been written so well, and Cindy Robertson gives it all the gravitas that you would not expect from Amy Rose. Yeah. <laughs> yes, she she is another performance that sounds markedly different um, because it's much more relaxed. It, it's one of those to where no no English voice. It's never really tried to copy Amy's Japanese performance um, by that actress because it's. I mean, I really love Amy's Japanese performance, but it seems like one of those kind of similar to Knuckles, uh, to where it's just kind of hard to translate into a in, in, into an English performance to capture the the same kind of like subtleties in the ways of speaking in um, non Japanese, and so I I really did enjoy like Cindy's. Uh, like I said, it's very much more down to earth. It's less bubbly because she's she's delivering a lot of very heartfelt like serious dialogue that that like you said um could absolutely if was not pulled off well just sound like dumb cheesy bullshit (laughs) but i i don't think it does at all i think this strikes the perfect balance that 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 previous sonic games have hit where it is self-serious but in a way that does not dip into parody like you said like it's what sonic 06 wishes it was yeah um like you can have, you know, I, I way back in the day we talked about how I love Sonic Adventure Two for being melodramatic and self serious, but ness not dipping into self parody or or being so over the top that it's ridiculous. I I think yes, this is a great way to to start that with this very heartfelt conversation between Sonic and Amy, like two characters that it's for me personally, like I I used to dread seeing together because I just I I hated their dynamic until. <laughs> now i think like not to get too far like off of frontiers but we've been getting a better amy for a while yes. uh like slowly like i think in things like sonic boom weirdly even though that's in a different interpretation of the character uh helped like shape cindy robinson's performance of amy to be less like mini mouse which it was she was kind of doing yeah and more like an actual character and of course, the IDW comics has been doing some interesting stuff with her too. And so now we're finally seeing this reflected in the games, and it it works. Yep. Even, even, even Amy's like you said, like she she has so much love to share with the world. Is even like a, it, gosh, I mean, I feel like I get into like even like the this the spiritualism of that that she she's almost like taking. She's like, I got to take a gap here and <laughs> you know f- figure out what I believe, what I believe in myself, and you know you're not going to be part of that Sonic, but it's okay. It's you know she's not breaking up with him. Um, she's not saying like you're bad for me. She's just saying like I I got to do this on my own. And I love that Sonic is like yeah. And I'm, I'm you're you're right, Amy. I'm I'm not gonna disagree or stand in your way. I'm gonna encourage yeah, you. Yeah. And um, and it is interesting to see that kind of spiritual side of Amy brought back because you know that's got root in like early stuff with like the fortune telling and whatnot. So it's interesting to see that kind of played with a little bit more here. God, if we keep bringing up the fortune telling, Dave Bulmer's going to be so mad at us because he has taken exception. He's like, oh, the people who bring up the fortune telling just like to reference the fact that they know the Japanese manuals. I can't believe they keep bringing it up all the time. Yes, we know you like Sonic. I like Sonic too, but I prefer when she had a crossbow. Well, 
I'm not saying I also don't prefer that, but uh, the, uh, sorry, Dave. <laughs> the canon, the canon is working it, against it, you. Yeah. It's okay, Dave. We'll get you a glass of warm milk. We'll put you down for a nap. <laughs> uh, oh my gosh. <laughs> well, you know what? Maybe after Amy's gap year, she she'll come back with a crossbow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh my god. god. That'd be dope. <laughs> what if what if she dual wielded the hammer and the crossbow? Oh my gosh. Yep. Oh, oh man, that's oh um, you're getting <laughs> again. I'm excited for what comes next. Um, I. I do want to mention on Amy, uh, her her growth in this game is just absolutely fantastic. I we'll, we'll get to we'll get to tales later on, and I absolutely love his growth too. But Amy's growth and Amy's arc in this game is probably one of my favorite aspects of the game because, as we've mentioned, like ever since Sonic CD, Amy's and we have to remember this. You know, like this is all written by people, blah blah blah. But in the canon, in the fiction of Sonic. Her chasing Sonic has always been her choice. She's never been forced to follow him. She's never been in a set of, I have to follow him or else. It's always been her choice to follow him throughout all these years. And so in this game, it absolutely makes sense for her to finally see that she needs to grow as a person and for her to finally start blooming. And like, I think Amy has always been one of her defining characteristics has been her love specifically of Sonic. And so it makes sense for her to specifically say, I have a lot of love to share with the world. And for her to finally grow through that, like Sonic's always been her friend and he's never going to shove her away. But we've also seen the dynamic of just like, Ugh, Amy, Ugh, like, get away from me. And I'm, I'm glad there's not like a specific line during any of this uh uh, dialogue where Sonic says something like, Oh, finally you're going to get off my tail or anything like that. But, but he, he, for, for somebody who, you know, canonically in the past has shown some annoyance at Amy always tagging along. I appreciate the fact that not only does Amy realize this and is trying to spread her wings and grow, but Sonic is also in like the best, truest friend fashion be like, yes, I agree. And I support you with this. And also when you, whenever you feel like, basically just hanging out again, I will be here for you. And that, it makes a lot of sense with the the long canon and history between these two characters. And I, like I said earlier, I think Amy's story arc is probably one of my favorite story aspects of the game in general. It's, it's like I said before, like all these characters still feel like themselves and still feel like adolescents, but feel like the characters we've known for this long. Like they, you know, they, they have carried all of that forward. Um, and and I, I do want to at least acknowledge the, the, the way they went about like um localizing this for for uh Japan specifically because the the director of the game said like yeah we, we took the English script as a base and kind of um you know like the, the very definition of localizing it is is tweaked it to be more you know for the, the Japanese sonic audience which you know that that might be a whole whole separate subject on mm-hmm. itself and you know like reoccurring mention on the show like uh Wendy has uh uh translated the um the Japanese dialogue because it is different and I, you know, I don't feel like I've spent enough time going through the whole thing comparing it to say whether I think it's bad or good. I think it is odd that it seems like the director for the game and one other person did it themselves instead of like a dedicated like Japanese localization writing team. So I I have seen people point out that there are some things that just straight up break like continuity between scenes. I I don't know. That seems weird. I I think the, the one thing that stood out to 
me is they do seem to have tweaked Amy's motivation to be more instead of like going out on her own as about being a more complete person before she like pursues a relationship with Sonic and you know that's I wouldn't say that's not necessary that's necessarily bad it's just different and I guess what I say is I don't know if you needed to like specifically change that but you know we're not going to spend the whole time comparing the differences like I would just say go watch Wendy's video it's 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 all right there I'll just say they shouldn't have changed anything because the script is really good the way it is. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, aside from the obvious, like, there are a couple of, like, English idioms that I'm sure would have to be changed for, for Japanese. Because right. that, you know, that happens in the reverse. But, yeah, I, I don't really see why some of that was changed. But, hey, hey again, uh, that's probably a whole separate discussion. I, I'm glad the, you know, the, the videos I- exist for us to see and... Um, I, I do think the Japanese performances are very nice, like even if, you know, I, again, I'm not fluent Japanese, but I, I like how they sound. Um, but so it is cool to see also that that Japanese cast that's also been around for almost the, the entire time, like also approach these characters from a different tone. But I just wanted to pay some some lip service to that. To, like, hey, it's it's different. It's a little odd. It's not as extreme as some people pointed out in either direction. Because it is just a different thing. Like, hey, the, the English script came first. But so um, after this very heartfelt moment with Amy, uh, Sonic collects all the Chaos Emeralds and turns into Super Sonic. And the f-ing coolest song that's ever existed starts playing. And- <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we're going to get into the music. Oh, we'll get into the music. Yeah, like, it's just worth talking about. Oh, yeah. How, like, all the bosses, you have to be Super Sonic. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> we knew this from some pre-release instead of, yeah, saving Super Sonic for the, oh, yeah, the, well, the you know, the big bad is going to come out and we're going to get the Chaos Emeralds and believe in the power of love and whatnot. <laughs> it's like, nope, uh, Super Sonic caps off the, the, you know, the end island battle against one of these huge Titan enemies, which actually, yeah, they, they show up at the beginning of every I- uh, island, beat the crap out of Sonic, and then he says, well, I uh, guess I need the emeralds to even make a dent in these guys. <laughs> it, is, it is interesting that this is the first game in like a decade to really kind of reemphasize Super Sonic as a concept and kind of give it that kind of demonstrate, yeah, so Super Sonic getting busted out is a big deal because for the last couple of games it's been just the bonus you get at the very end Mm. with you you know 100% it and you can replay the stages with it like it's been a while since we've gotten a supersonic only battle aside from mania Super, supersonic is straight up like a story like part of the story of this game yeah and um i think by this time you have also encountered sage this mysterious yep. hologram slash robot this little tiny ray ayanami yeah yes it's ray like <laughs> i mean yeah in case in case you didn't know like in both japanese and english is she is voiced by uh the same actress that has played ray ayanami um so yeah uh, we uh, did we mention that you know frontiers wears a lot of its design inspiration on its sleeve yeah sage yeah it's she's ray it's fine it's it's she she comes into her own later but yeah she, she is her own character and i can't wait to talk about yeah. that oh boy uh, but yeah on this first island she appears in front of sonic and says go away and he's like why who are you can you help me and she says no die <laughs> and the titan yeah smashes him against a wall so the whole island it's pretty great uh sonic's just like hey can you talk to me 
off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> basically. Yeah. In the most computer PG way possible. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sonic says, can we be friends? And she just flips him off and disappears. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, like yeah, does not tell her where she, who she is, where she came from. But you know, you can kind of say, well, she sure does seem to share some design elements with some, you know, Eggman technology we saw in the beginning. But that that gets revealed. But yeah, so Sonic goes super because yes, they very much in the story in the game say he cannot inflict any damage on these Titans, which are bigger than any other regular enemy. I mean, the the first one. Again, looks very much like an Ava Unit One, complete with the uh, mm-hmm. the, the the Glasgow smile and everything. Um, but yeah, Sonic goes super, and uh, yeah, we we will go directly into all of the music uh, as as our our final part for certain. Yes, <laughs> but yes, it is some. I mean, it feels like the ultimate evolution of like uh, uh, Otani's like guitar focused uh, Sonic themes because it's just straight up like some speed metal. <laughs> oh yeah, and oh man, it's, I love it a lot. It's so good, like. All of the Titan Battle theme music remind me of like the best motivation music from character action games. That mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. th- this is right up there with the likes of Revengeance and DMC Five. Oh my gosh! Absolutely, yes. yes. Um, and it it goes to because because Sonic still keeps the a very similar move set. In fact, he uses a lot of the the you know his skill tree has unlocked. But the way it feels, the the scale is just amplified by a hundred yes. because you're 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 supersonic, man. And and yes, like even the the music, the lyrics to the music are like speaking to the fact that. Yeah, playtime is over. Sonic is unleashing his full potential and, yeah, destroying these robots. And, you know, just to, to go back to the gameplay, I love, for the most part, how, how these battles feel. It feels the closest to me, like, maybe a more refined combination of parts of Unleashed, uh, like the 360 PS3 Unleashed um, Super Sonic and Sonic Adventure 2 ba- uh, Battle with Final Hazard, where it doesn't, you're, you're not not just on a uh, you know you're not just dry going straight towards an enemy you have some freedom you feel like you're actually controlling this powerful entity yeah the biggest sense that i got from all the supersonic battles as far as like story-wise was at this point this is this is a sonic who knows how to control the supersonic form and knows how to control it well he oh like i mean in the past he's definitely known how to control it as well but like i just i got this sense of confidence from sonic that i don't know if i ever Mm. really got from his supersonic before where like he is so intimately familiar with this form he he knows how to he knows how to like mess up these titans like 15 ways to sunday I, I even feel like some of the the dialogue where he's like, well, I guess I got to get the Chaos Emeralds. You almost sense like, uh, I, I don't know, maybe I'm reading too much into it. He's, he's almost a little disappointed because he knows like, well, you know, it's over once I go super. Like, <laughs> no, you don't understand. Like, I, I know how to control this. Like, this is... It, 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 it's it's over i'm i mean <laughs> the first theme song is called undefeatable for crying out no, loud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah like the the ending of this first fight is yeah it's, is this yes sonic literally does the which i don't know if little goku did it first but yeah he literally rockets through the guts of this titan and it, it incinerates it 
which feels like something we haven't seen Supersonic do before. And I think is intentional saying like, oh, maybe Supersonic was literally holding back. Like <laughs> some, some of those well, fights against- he doesn't against- care about killing these guys because they're not yes. real. Sonic has finally gone peak Shonen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, that makes sense with the music. Yeah. <sighs> Yes, and I I think that goes to speaking back to the game is not afraid of embracing that side of it. Like, yes, like you know, it, it is funny how it doesn't really conflict with the dialogue and story being more down to earth and exploring these characters. And but it is also fully embracing, like you said, the Super Saiyan shonen anime over the top power struggles and quick time events. And I and it just works, man. I love it a lot. Here's what I'm going to say, and I'm kind of, I guess, echoing Bobby Schroeder, whose um, article about whose essay about this game you should go read. There has, as much as I'm not the kind of person who buys into that old meta era BS that Sonic fans on YouTube and Twitter like to spout about when talking about everything from Sonic Colors onwards, there has been, I would say, an element of almost kind of irony and kind of uh, like not taking itself all the way seriously with Sonic, which is fine. Like uh, in the IDW comics, no, no, that's been like some heavy duty stuff. But for the while, there's almost been this sort of, like, nudge in the ribs, sort of like, hey, Sonic, remember? Sonic, gotta go fast, right? And in this moment of, like, this boss battle being so... (laughs) You know, you use the word epic, but that's kind of the stuff which comes to mind when you look at this. Being so balls-to-the-wall, like, just not caring about how silly this might look. This is fun. This is speed metal nonsense. And epic anime shonen stuff, like you said. All of a sudden, it's like, oh, wait a minute, yeah, Sonic's fucking cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And it sort of accepts that again. And yeah, we don't don't need Crush 40 for it, apparently, but you can get this. (laughs) Hey, if they want to cover some of these songs after the fact, I'm (laughs) all for it. But I I do, I 100% agree. I think the... I mean, again, I don't want to go too much on a tangent, so let me let me keep my thoughts brief. Is I I think I, I would even argue that as far as like you said, the the the, the writing in Sonic games, particular from Colors on, hmm. the, you know, the previous team of writers, I I almost I wonder if if we could at least agree that maybe the franchise needed that like needed yes. more more genuine humor because sonic has always been funny going back to the beginning he has always been a smart aleck he's always you know interjected jokes and i feel like that the franchise the, the the game series needed that at the time and the negativity on at least from my perspective comes apart comes from that the entire like identity of sonic also seem to embrace that and and i I don't want to say it was a complete failure it's just that some of it now looking back looks kind of bad like you said it's like oh that's when the twitter got weird and and and, you know that's how a lot of jokes work is like for every two or three that land you'll get one or two that are are really you know the flat and it's yeah, like the entire franchise seemed to be embracing the the ironic part of it, and yeah, it just reached to a point where it's like you did feel like even the official Sonic stuff was saying like, "Hey, 
remember how goofy some of this is right you know it's a it's a blue talking hedgehog <laughs> and you know you, you'll you'll never ca- catch me saying like like you said people who are just adamantly against like it- sonic should never have jokes sonic is, needs to be serious at all times whereas the, the sonic i grew up with was really silly sometimes yes exactly <laughs> but now like frontiers feels like hey this is what this is this is what the franchise needs now is is a balance between yes sonic is a funny smart alec especially in this game like we're fixing to get to knuckles where i love the way those two sons of guns talk to each other <laughs> but yes fully embracing the other part of like yes the fact that these talking animals are doing cool anime stuff and yes it is cool it is capital c-o-o-l cool and i am you know unashamed of of, of saying that um yes i think that is god it just it it feels Feels good. Like this is yeah. <laughs> yeah. this is what has got me so pumped about this game. So yeah, Sonic defeats this first Titan, this insurmountable enemy, um, and then flies off to the next uh, the next island. Um, oh yeah, he does. You know, he he meets up with Amy, and um, she's like, "Well, dug on it. It didn't work. I'm still trapped in the cyber hell dimension." He's like, "Well, sorry. I'll I'll do my best." <laughs> <laughs> and um you know makes it to this next island i think this is aries island the desert and gets blasted out of the sky by a you know a big laser which you know it seems like the fact that the islands have these these chaos emerald containing shrines that uh i think they say power power a lot of the uh you know the the leftover technology is probably contributed to the fact that he just got the emeralds knocked out of him again but you know i did go oh boy here we go <laughs> and to be fair like hey back in the day knuckles just i was gonna say out of him, yeah. so. knocking, knocking the emeralds out of him maybe it's not as hard as you would think <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and at least sonic acknowledges it's garbage yeah, yeah, he he does, doesn't he? Oh, yeah, doesn't he say something like, yeah, I didn't want it to be that easy anyway. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Again, Sonic's, Sonic's funny. He's got jokes. He's got jokes. So I think uh, on this island, you get a little bit more um, FaceTime with Sage. Uh, she starts being even more aggressive in her <laughs> attempts to kill Sonic with the Titans. Although I think this is where she says like, yeah, I can't control these, but um, I can point them at you and say sick them yeah <laughs> and this is where you meet knuckles and uh you know you again you knew he would be here if you saw the excellent prologue short i love that immediately sonic and knuckles start bickering at each other but in a oh i think it's it's very well acted it's it's great written to where they are jabbing at each other but then like half the time they 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 stare at each other and then have a laugh like ah you know, it's it almost it really does feel like the the predator is like ah knuckles you son of a bitch and, you know the big <laughs> bicep handshake <laughs> i mean that is kind of the core of this game and how it treats its characters is kind of like taking them back to basics to really dig in deep on who these characters are and like the core essences thereof. Like, like we said, like knuckles 
seems very much to have gone back to like how I remember Knuckles as, um, you know, Sonic has, um, Sonic has street smarts and like, uh, people skills, whereas Knuckles is very focused on, hey man, he's lived on that island his whole time and he knows a lot about it. He's an, a very, in, he's very intelligent, but he lacks, you know, he, he's naive when it comes to dealing with other people, which is why, you know, I think it's so easy for him to get misled by Eggman. Why in, um, you know, his scenario on this island, he's very focused on helping uh, the little Coco guys uh, who think they're still in a, you know, a horrible war conflict where Sonic is like, are you sure, man? I mean, are, shouldn't you be worried about something else? He's like, hold on, Sonic, I'm dealing with this little guy. <laughs> <laughs> It's very charming, actually. Yes. And then by the time, like, he starts seeing these ruins that look, like, almost identical to the Master Emerald Shrine on Angel Island, he kind of has, like, a crisis of faith. Like, you, you know, that's where you, you literally get the, where he, he flashes back to Sonic 3 and Knuckles. <laughs> Which is a, a, a moment. Um, <laughs> having him fl- like the little flashes to the Sonic 3 and Knuckles like opening scene yeah uh, just just the sprites if it were me <laughs> I would have flashed back to the Sonic and Knuckles fight in Hidden Palace yeah that makes more sense to me it seemed a bit strange and also the cut to him being like I can't lose these memories and it's just this memory of him like chuckling at Sonic at the beginning <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sonic I, that, that's one thing that I will say is that I feel like there was a plot point that got changed somewhere along the line of like being trapped in cyberspace loses their memory like causes people to lose their memories and I feel mm-hmm. like they kind of waffled back and forth on whether they actually like were keeping that as part of the lore or not I suppose that's where the memory tokens came in, but they don't really acknowledge it too much. Yeah, like, I, I remember there was some cut dialogue that implied that Sonic was losing his memories as he started to get cyber-corrupted, but, again, you know, that got cut. So it's like, it, it feels like they weren't really sure whether they wanted to dig in on that specific plot point or not. Yep, it could it could have been a time thing. It could have been a you know any number of things. Maybe we'll find out someday. Um, I think I think I've heard Ian talk about in his Q and As where he's like, ah, it's kind of out of my hands. It's not really my place. Mm-hmm. Like to to say as far as how much I, he wrote versus what made it into the game. But um, yeah, because I, I I think you're right. Because um, you know they are very much uh that would go right hand in hand. Of Sonic is affected differently. And as he's absorbing this cyber corruption to free his friends, like, oh, it is starting to catch up with him. But, okay, here's a weird thing. Again, small tangent, and also to deal with something else that's coming up. Um, There's also a, hey, remember who Knuckles is moment in Sonic Prime, um, where he suddenly gets introduced with a flashback, but they go straight to Hidden Palace with the, like you said, the Sonic and Knuckles fight. And yet in this game, like you said, he maybe should be remembering the master emerald shrine from that and like hey swap those out yeah <laughs> they would they would fit better here but <laughs> hey the, whatever hindsight and whatnot and um i i thought it was cute the, the the flashes to previous game happen a couple times and i would say they are uh cute acknowledgements of past um you know at best and like harmless at worst because and also you know, helps establish the Yes, classic Sonic is past Sonic again. Yes. Sorry, we've f***ed up in, in four seasons. Yeah. 
<laughs> thank God, praise be to to the the for the, yeah to the Almighty deities in charge of Sonic continuity that they finally gave that garbage up. Oh boy. Oh, so yeah, the the big thing here is yeah, Knuckles realizes a lot of this these ruins. He straight up says like this looks like the stuff on my island, and Sonic's like, "Oh, that's weird. I wouldn't know." Um, but, but the, yeah, again, like uh, speaks to Knuckles being very intelligent and knowledgeable about his his narrow purview of the world. He he almost gets a little mad at Sonic. He's like, I wish I could be like you. Like you, you, you don't stay in any place for for, you know, longer than a second. And Sonic's like, "Ah, yeah, I mean, don't you think you could branch out a little bit? He's you know, maybe you're right. Maybe I will, you know, take a nice vacation from my island after after you get your butt in gear and get me out of this cyberspace place. Yeah. Ages ago. My people were wiped out by a cataclysm. I know the Coco faced something similar. It reminds me I'm the last Echidna, that I'm alone. You may be the last, but you're not alone. You've got us, Knucklehead. I'll admit, I do envy your lifestyle. Freedom to go where you want, when you want. So do it. Get out there and live a little. Maybe I could. But first, I need to be back to normal. So hurry up and get me back to normal. Anything to get you away from me. (laughs) (laughs) Knuckles is also, you know, kind of initiates in conversation because we see where the the ancients via the Coco like tried to build up these huge like um, armaments against this force. You know, this I mean giant thick walls uh uh meant to protect like this this little city they have in the desert and then we see like this force just cuts through it like it was nothing and um you know we see all the 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 spirits die and knuckles is like oh everything they did was pointless like he it i I feel like it's a like a half-hearted callback to knuckles being like the the one of the generals and forces where <laughs> you know that didn't work out well either yeah. but it and so he's kind of left feeling like oh everything that they did like didn't work and i think that sends him down the path of like what if what i am doing you know the only purpose i've had in life what if that is like what what's the point <laughs> this master Emerald. i think they're also kind of like digging in deep on knuckles wanting to quote unquote save the coco because of his own like kind of internal feelings of like guilt and loneliness because he is the last of his kind i feel like this is the first game to like really acknowledge and dig deep on that in a good long while since at least adventure maybe i was about to say since the first adventure where he has his you know his intro and outro uh you know closing soliloquies about what does it mean to gar- be the guardian of this island i mean it's the first time we've actually gotten to anything relating to angel island's history since um uh since sonic chronicles not canon doesn't count (laughs) yeah yeah not anymore this one also once you collect the emeralds you get to fight the uh the the scary sky dragon is supersonic and again it's just different enough to feel unique but not too much to where it i i feel like it's I I still think the the first supersonic battle is my favorite, but all of them. Yeah, feel... but at the same time, chucking a giant sky dragon into a mountain and then 
letting it get hit by its own missiles into its mouth and do the anime like inflating and explode thing that's pretty yeah, rad yeah. yeah yes exactly <laughs> see they're all they're all good in their own merits um i do like that this one has this doomsday zone quality of like chasing off yeah through the, yeah. Through yeah space not or a space in this case <laughs> So, I mean, we've talked about gameplay-wise how the third island, Chaos Island, is, you know, it's it starts to kind of get long in the tooth. However, this is where you find Tails, and, I mean... Oh, bless. I... Yes. I, it's it's really good. I mean, oh yeah, I, I don't want to go past without acknowledging that... Um, uh, you know, this is one of the, this is uh, the most uh, Dave B. Mitchell has, like, had to say as Knuckles. Yeah, th- this is the first, this is the first mainline game he's gotten to voice Knuckles in, because yeah. the only other game he did previously was Team Sonic Racing. I I feel like he really has, like, come into his own as far as the performance. Yeah. Um, you know, like I said before, he's, he's not really trying to... Uh, uh, you know, copy Knuckles' Japanese performance, and, and I don't think any english knuckles ever has but i feel like he's come into his own as far as he's just trying to voice match like travis willingham before him i feel like he he gives knuckles a a somber quality while still having like there's a bit of comedy like when he starts you know raising his voice yeah um especially in like some disagreements with sonic like he he sounds a little silly and i think that goes towards it where at the same time like um you know when knuckles is fighting like specifically his fighting efforts like sound serious he doesn't sound like a big goofy guy throwing punches there is a quality to his performance where it's a bit like there is a bit of a meathead to his voice a little bit and i'm mm-hmm. not always on board with when they do that with knuckles like i don't this isn't me criticizing the actor it's more of just the direction thing of like my name is knuckles you know that sort of thing and we would hear a much worse version of that kind of performance in sonic prime uh but we'll and again no offense to the voice actors it's direction yeah. we know uh-huh. <laughs> but for the most part i really do like dave b mitchell as knuckles yeah, he's a, he's a very uh, you know just looking at his credits, he's a very prolific actor. Yeah. He does a lot of b- big meathead characters, and I think he he's shining because this is a a very complex version of Knuckles. Mm. He is not being just boiled down to I'm angry and stupid, so I'm gonna punch the problem. <laughs> I mean, he does a bit of that though. <laughs> yeah, there is a little point where he's willing to throw hands with Sage, who was a small yeah, guy, and that is hilarious. Yeah. And did he does block that laser blast she shoots at sonic which is yes is hard as hey it's hard as nails man <laughs> yes they they give knuckles cool things to do and so it is it seems much more like part of his character when he is confused and his his performance reflects that so yeah definitely wanted to give give props for yeah. that because it's 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 kind of the first time we've got to hear a long form of that knuckles so yeah, Tails is on Chaos Island, and immediately this poor child is <laughs> thrown into self-reflective spiral <laughs> as Sonic is just trying to cheer him up. <laughs> poor sweet Tails, I know. <laughs> feeling the dreaded after effects of being in Sonic Forces. Uh, that's the <laughs> yeah. best way to put this. Yeah, basically, it's it's. 
I mean, we've we've said meta like it's a a bleepable curse word, but the fact that Tails' whole little story bit here, like he also he he fills in a lot of like where he is confirming things that Knuckles thought, where he is saying like, oh no, yeah, like all this technology is like tens of thousands of years old and is more powerful than like anything we've ever said. Like he starts talking about uh, you know the space colony arc and and the egg carrier and and stuff like that, and which. In a, well, I don't even know if you could approach it in the vacuum. I've seen people criticize, like, oh, you know, this is an island where they just say, hey, remember that game? And I'm like, yeah, but at the same time, we've had generations of games where... <laughs> Hey, hey, well, no, I would say not a bad example because, you know, a lot of that is classic where in the story, the characters never acknowledge like other adventures, like maybe a little bit, but not not at this level. You know what I'm saying? Like something like Lost World, which again, like I don't really have a problem with the story of Lost World, like as a concept, but that feels like one episode of a you know a cartoon with no continuity you know what i'm saying yeah for sure yeah and and so i think frontiers has earned a a some of these these callbacks um you know especially from a character like tails who like we said like his is resolved by sonic reminding him sonic am i a burden to you wow and how did you come to this well thought out concern Whenever there's a crisis, I'm either running away or standing on the sidelines. You're always rescuing me when all I do is follow you around. Hey, who was it who stopped Eggman from blowing up Station Square, huh? And who broke me out of prison or saved me from the Deadly Six's trap? I... then I'm wildly inconsistent. Uh, dude, relax. Hmm. <laughs> You've got brains like Eggman, speed like me, and can fly with your butt. It's okay if you still need help sometimes. That's just part of growing up. Huh. When did you get to be so insightful? I have my moments. Okay, the, you know, the fact that Colleen, like, got to play Tails in the Sonic movie, and... I we've we've already talked about how much we liked like how Tails is in that movie like he is a perfect combination of the classic little bro Tails and also the you know the boy genius who is supporting Sonic with his uh you know his intelligence and his gadgetry. Yeah, like I was gonna say, outside of the movie, this is the best written Tails has been in years. Full on agree. Appropriate on the year, unlike the anniversary, the thirty year anniversary of his first That's appearance. True. Yeah, <laughs> the year of Tails. <laughs> Yep. It's the fact that he, he, yeah, he straight up asked Sonic, like, do I even contribute anything to, to your adventures? And Sonic turns around and is like, yeah, bro, what are you talking about? Don't you remember when you saved the entirety of Station Square and, you know, saved me from the, the Deadly Six and all this other great stuff you did? A scene that echoes, like, uh, a scene that we talked about and gushed about in the Sonic Champions yes. story, also written yes. by, by yeah, I was yeah. the exact same yep. thing. Oh, come on, bro. Are you still mad about being bumped by Honey? Yes! Why? Win or lose, that's one step closer to the Chaos Emerald. Because she made me look like an amateur in front of the whole world. <sighs> Alright, so that was embarrassing, but everyone knows that you're my go-to guy. What's one fight compared to all the times we've kicked Eggman's butt? Tails, the kid who keeps Sonic running. Tails, the hero who saves Station Square. 
Tails, the guy who took one for the team and didn't mope about it all day. Ha! <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get it already. Thanks, Sonic. I just feel like I've got to prove myself sometimes. You're a tough act to follow. Yeah, well, I count on you to follow and watch my back. And, and Tails throws it back in his face. He's like, well, how about when I freaked out when Infinite attacked? And he was like... Yeah, man, that was, you were going through it. Yeah, dude, you're eight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're, you're like, okay, you're, you're younger than all of us. You are still, yeah, man. He, he but he basically, yeah, he has a heart to heart and says like, that is part of growing up, man. Yeah. Like, and you, you can't be so hard on yourself when, that you can't ask for help. You know, he's like, I ask for help. Like, I ask you for help. And he's like, oh man, it's, it's so <laughs> you could comment like some people have commented to be like oh no they shouldn't canonize that tails was a terrible character in in sonic forces or do you want us to do ignore that that happened yes maybe but also we should like look at this and be like no we need to recontextualize this and give a reason to why things yes. happen and give us a chance to have this character development for tails as a result of something bad yeah turn Precisely. it around I, I even think it's stronger for the fact that he starts out, you know, he frees him from cyberspace and immediately launches into analyzing everything. And he's using very big words. And you're like remembering like, oh, yeah, Tails is so smart. He's such a little boy genius. And then slowly starts to, re- you know, lose his confidence. And you're reminded, yeah, Tails is also a little kid compared to yeah. Sonic. You know, mm-hmm. Sonic is a, a cool teen. He's a cool adolescent, whatever. But Tails is one of the characters who is forever, like, younger than Sonic and is still a kid. You know, he still puts his little two-tailed logos on every little invention he makes. <laughs> and it's adorable. And yeah, Sonic acting like a big brother and saying like that's part of growing up man like you're gonna make it through and you're gonna be stronger for it and like you said recontextualizing forces which you know we know was just a mess of development Mm -hmm. uh including the story but recontextualizing that as oh yeah tails was freaking out because he's a you know a little child who was traumatized by seeing sonic you know quote-unquote killed and captured and tortured for six months and yeah, being able to to put that into this as a, a yeah a a a cri- again another crisis of faith moment. That's a running theme in this whole game. Um, yeah, Tails's uh, characterization is miles ahead of what it was. <laughs> <laughs> but it is again, um, like like Jake brought up with with Amy, like it does call back to adventure where Tails ends that by saying, you know, I should be more independent. And he th- th- seems like, yeah, years later now we are finally getting the other the other shoe is dropping. And it's it's really good. You know, it quibbles with with playing Chaos Island aside, like this is this is really one of my favorite moments. Um, of, of seeing Sonic and Tails, the dynamic duo, like just have some really great, uh, I would argue even beautiful moments together. <laughs> yeah, there was, um, so I, I said earlier, like Amy's story arc as a whole is like one of my favorite story moments, but like as far as dialogue, the dialogue between Sonic and Tails throughout all of Chaos Island is like my favorite specific dialogue of the game because I, I yeah. was trying to find it in our Discord chat and I couldn't find it, but I do remember, um, it was a it was a kind of like midway 
through like the story part of that island, maybe a little bit past that. But Tails was still feeling down on himself. And Sonic literally said something along the lines of like, do you want to just talk about it? And like, and like that, yeah, that just really, oh. that really stuck out to me. Like this is, um, like we're still, we still got some more story to talk about, but this, this game is like a, a maturation of the franchise and the story of Sonic as a whole. And we're seeing that with Sonic, like, funny enough, slowing down <laughs> to, to be like, Sonic is actually taking somebody else's mental health into concern because you know sonic's always like quick to push somebody out of the way of like something falling or a speeding train like he's very focused on the physical health of people and that's very 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 important but in this game he focuses on people's mental health and that's so cool that is so awesome that is mature in the best way not like boobs gore bad words (laughs) yeah yeah no, I, I I think you're you're 100 percent on the money, and like we said, it it works because it the story itself has it takes it seriously, to, and and I don't think it's it's against any like past portrayals of Sonic either because he does have his moments where. I, I, I think I said it in another episode. Oh, I think I was talking about, um, you know, the original, the ending of the first series of Sonic X, uh, the, the the last thing he says to Amy in the original is mute. And I said, but I believe that Sonic said what Amy needed to hear. And I think that's a good aspect of Sonic's character that, especially with his friends, and especially in this situation where they are technically in danger the whole time, like, he doesn't really free them from cyberspace until, you know, later, and even then, like, it kind of immediately gets undone. So I feel like Sonic is intentionally, like, knowing when to, like, he jokes with Knuckles, you know, they have, you know, they get up in each other's faces and, and have a laugh, but then he doesn't keep doing that with Tails because like you said he perceives Tails's like emotional state and yeah like you said just says like hey put the brakes on we need to talk this out and I it's yeah it's it, it just feels really good to have all of those aspects of Sonic's character explored in in a single title you know it's instead of like oh this is one with a jokey Sonic this is one with a self-serious Sonic it's like this is a a fully realized uh, 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 a complete Sonic. Sonic has come a long way from running ahead of Tails and saying, hey, 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 you made it. (laughs) Come on. Come on, Uh, step it up. His his encouragements have gotten much more complex. Yes. (laughs) I just wanted to talk about something that we kind of brushed over when we uh, started on this Tails topic, and that's you mentioned the references and how <laughs> the, how many fans are up in arms about the very fact that they keep talking about things. And I do have to say, like, uh, sometimes in Chaos Island in particular, the references to old games got a little bit like, oh god, what are they going to reference next? But at the same time, there's part. this feels like a mission statement from Ian Flynn to be like, hey, mm-hmm. you know the things that happened in previous games? They matter now. Yeah. So we're, I'm going to talk about every possible one that this reminds yeah, me of. Yeah, I think that that mm-hmm. was kind of a big mission for Ian is to make it feel like, yeah, no, like this isn't a thing where every adventure is self-contained we want to really make this feel like this is all part of a grander narrative and to make it feel like yeah those things that happened did happen and everything is important and a step along these heroes journeys if i can just say like as someone who like you know i consume a lot of media outside of sonic so i'm not trying to be like (laughs) 
<laughs> that you know that guy who only reads sonic media or whatever <laughs> but yeah i've i've read ian's writing for a long long time now like the archie series before and after the reboot and idw and also you know again i always try and emphasize that idw and even like the the sonic game writing team like it is a team like the the guys talk about how you know ian's the head writer but he bounces stuff off of like the other writers and artists and I just don't see the like the family guy esque. Hey, remember that? Um, that <laughs> criticism that people levy at his writing for acknowledging other stuff that has happened in the Sonic franchise. For me, it always feels like uh, you know, it feels like these characters acknowledging adventures they have had previously. Yeah. if that makes sense. And so, hey, I'm not saying and they should. Yes, and I, I, I think so. I think that builds up this universe in a good way. And I, I'm at the end of the day, I'm not saying if you don't like his writing, I'm you know, I'm not here to evangelize you to to like Ian Flynn's writing. But you know, because it maybe you just don't like it but yeah the it it just always comes across as weird to me when people you know level that at his his style of writing where to me it feels like it is a positive building up of these characters personality and the universe as a whole to where it feels like things matter it's really weird to me whenever fans come out and being like this new thing which is improving the game i hate it (laughs) (laughs) i mean basically if i wanted to be really mean i would but really get down to like i i think you got personal problems you need to take care of before you start talking about how much you hate this aspect for no reason but i don't really want to do that but i yes so so all the little things you know when when tails is saying like this laser is really powerful and sonic is like yeah you mean like the egg carrier that you know shot the tornado and he's yeah, and he's like, I think it might be more on the scale of the Eclipse Cannon. And Sonic's like, whoa, that's pretty big. Remember? That blew a hole in the fucking moon. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, like that's that's what it where it lands for me, is they're acknowledging, like, yeah, I remember when the Eclipse Cannon blew a hole in the moon. So saying that it's more powerful than that is, wow. This is where, so, like, I just, just to cap this off, there are two points in why I think this is good. Like, in, you could say, like, oh, oh, well, it's not natural for people to constantly make references to things. And I'm telling you right now, even though the Sonic characters do not have ages, when they get to our age, you start thinking about, oh, yeah, this thing? <laughs> that reminds me of a thing that I remember from my past. Remember that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. man, time. Oh, Jesus Christ. This, yes. this is our entire podcast in a nutshell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thing reminds me of thing. People do yeah. that. And you know what? Like, real-life example here. Like, uh, a day or two ago, my wife and I were driving around and we saw something and she said that uh it reminded her of something and then i said it also reminded me of something and then she said we're starting to turn into those adults who say i remember when (laughs) like yeah (laughs) like yeah i mean like it's it is something in media when you see references like i I think honestly i think there is like a family guy effect to this day in media when there's like a reference to something because we always have that that peter griffin voice in the back of our head saying remember the time and (laughs) but um but i mean like maybe it's something we don't want to acknowledge as as people but like as we grow older we we inevitably will say i remember when and i can also another real world example i work in a place that has a lot of old people and <laughs> they say uh, things were <laughs> things were better when blah 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 back in the 1700s and <laughs> there's some old <laughs> people yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the crypt keepers 
<laughs> but I mean, like, you know, if you take a moment to stop and think about like, you know, as adults, even as teenagers, like teenagers will say like, I remember when, and that'll make us older people cringe a little, but, <laughs> but, um, I found my dad's PS1 from when he was a kid. Oh, I just that saw one? that the other day. Oh boy. <laughs> Character in Transformers says, what even is a cassette deck? And I turned to dust. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I... I think you're, y- y- y'all are definitely on the money, and we could probably have a phys- philosophical discussion of like, the right. <laughs> no, <laughs> I would hope that maybe it would divulge into that. No, <laughs> devolve into that. Um, but no, I th- I think, yeah, this this is not the podcast for it. But I mean, there literally is like philosophical discussions to be had about how the rise of the connectivity of the internet also kind of contributed to the the death of the monoculture and this is you know from a very like american perspective but like you know we're not all sitting down at like 7 p.m to watch like the same tv show on channel three um anymore where we're streaming things and so a lot of yeah i think that contributes to that and you know, I don't really know how you can tie that back to the references in Sonic Frontiers, but all the, all that to say, I agree with you. And yes, I think other people feel that as well. And I think this does a good job of 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 portraying these characters in a realistic way. Yeah. I also had a second thing. <laughs> no, um, the second thing I was going to say is that Man. Uh, considering the overall arcing story of this, referring to things that happened in previous games and acknowledging them is quite important just yes. saying yes okay i think it's time into we've got okay amy knuckles and tails they're they're not doing okay but they're all right so we've been glossing over the inclusion of the most important character yes i was wondering when we were going to talk about him would you like to try oh <laughs> i'll let you borrow a ride yeah <laughs> let's just do it of co- okay yes i love this i think this is the ultimate you know you said it's technically the year of tales but i think we're also in the middle of the big renaissance Th- this where- feels like an ian thing <laughs> like he was probably the one who pushed for big i bet yes that he yeah okay can we can we put big can we do a fishing mini game can we do which i don't know i'm i'm speculating but yes you can find it's not a it is a cyberspace level but it, big's just hanging out by these cyber ponds and that sonic literally says big what are you doing here and he says well i was fishing with froggy and i just ended up here so i figured i'd keep fishing (laughs) um and this is man i love first of all i love kyle a bear god bless him (laughs) just a great dude um but i think this might be the ultimate like realization of this big who is laid back still has that lilt to his voice but hey man i i think i've 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 made it a running gag on here is that big has had all his shit figured out since 1998 yeah. <laughs> and, and everybody else has just been catching up with him and i think this is the ultimate example of that to where hey man it's gonna be okay you want to you want to fish i got an extra rod and you know we talked about that the game is abundant with resources and yes this is how you get you know when when you make it to the the fourth island and you're like oh i've got 10 levels left in speed and you go to the fish mini games and they're just throwing stuff at you cocos up that, that was definitely how i maxed out my cocos yeah yep yeah. yep yeah. 
there's not much too big. Uh, He, you know, I guess you can assume at the end of the game, he safely made it back to (laughs) the pond he was fishing with Froggy at. But um, yeah, he's great. He's, (laughs) I I love him in this. Such an easy fishing (laughs) game. I don't care. It's just fun. It is one of those things in the game where you can miss the, the, the fishing right away, except it does actually teach you how a lot of the late game uh, quick time events work. Yeah, actually, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, again, hindsight. But yes, it's very easy. I love that um, it gives you a split second. It very much reminds me of the fishing mini games in Yakuza. Like, uh, <laughs> you get a, a close-up of Sonic eyes flash across when he reels the fish in, and I almost expect him to go, you know oh yeah (laughs) wow Wow, you got a tire which is cute okay it gives you more resource coins for like fishing out garbage because there's a whole bunch it's almost like an animal crossing-esque like fishing fishopedia Um, but you can also get like uh garbage like tires and cans and um uh, items from sonic games and bad nicks and it gives you more coins for that and i love oh i should have saved it but it was somebody on twitter I think speculated said like oh well Big's the one giving you coins maybe he's more happy that you're cleaning up this you know polluted pond by getting the garbage (laughs) and he's like oh thank you Sonic that'll make Froggy happy Um, anyway I thought that was super cute the reason particularly I wanted to mention it before we start to get into like late game stuff is that one of the things you can get from Big's uh, coins is the egg memos which are some of the best lore (laughs) drops in the game Oh. oh man so this this is where these are literally <laughs> little digital cassettes that uh yeah by the way we have been checking in on Eggman he's just trapped in cyberspace with nothing to do except talk to himself and some of these logs really reflect that <laughs> and you know we've talked about how how nuanced the performances are I Oh, man. I mean, again, God bless Mike Pollock. I think this is some of the strongest Eggman just that has ever existed. And he's done so much great Eggman work over the years, like of different kinds. Yes. He's done the the hammy for kids stuff. He's done the more sort of snarky stuff from Colors. And then he's done like the really understatedly funny stuff from Sonic Boom. But this is something yeah. else. I, I won't jump ahead, but there are some very emotional moments near the end where I'm like, man, I, that is, that is the kind of role I aspire to be able to perform one yeah. day is this complex, like voice cracking. Oh man. It's, I mean, again, it just speaks to like, Mike is also a guy who has hundreds, if not thousands of credits. He is mm-hmm. a, he's, he's a, he's a, just a damn good actor's actor. And it's, it's so nice to hear him. Yes. Like you said, take this huge boisterous dr eggman screaming villain figure and be able to also perfectly in character like deliver some very personal uh um you know stuff here but yes these you get these memos and uh a lot of them are very funny like introing like what was eggman doing here and it's oh he discovered the ancient technology and basically cyberspace is like exists physically but is like a huge cloud storage hard drive except it's big enough to contain like the memories of an entire civilization and it's it's i feel like the game itself plays with i don't know i mean i think anybody listening should try the game Soma, which kind of talks about like some similar like 
philosophical like sci-fi storytelling of like well what does it mean to be like a person like if you could copy your brain into a robot would that robot be you you know the aspect of the soul and like preserving uh consciousness and whatnot um and that that approaches it from like a horror aspect like i I don't want to spoil it but there are similar themes in this where like the ancients as a race seemed obsessed with like we have to preserve every part of ourselves like not just through the things we build and leave behind after we physically pass away but what if we we need to preserve our like thoughts and desires and that's what cyberspace is and of course Eggman thinks well that sounds like something I could use (laughs) that's why he developed Sage who is a like a a program that exists both in like cyberspace and the physical space it's you know it's 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 reboot she's a she's a guardian (laughs) (laughs) i guess kind of sort of um but of course when he plugs sage into cyberspace she immediately realizes like all of these titans are released and also realizes like the big baddie for at the end of the game is there and it's absolutely going to obliterate Dr. Eggman. And that's why she pulled him into cyberspace and said, no, you're safe here because they're out there now and you can't, you can't come out. And the fact that Sonic is trying to, you know, open cyberspace is a threat to Dr. Eggman, which is why she is treating him as a, well, (laughs) it's programmed in her, but is why she is treating Sonic as an enemy, not worth conversing with (laughs) the memos themselves. Like what, what are, what are the big ones? There's a couple, of big ones like it's interesting as it goes on you see Eggman's opinions uh, on Sage kind of shift as they continue which is really kind of interesting to watch him struggle with the idea of is this thing I made you know truly like a sapient being did I create life should I be treating this as something more than one of my you know usual robots and him gradually coming to see her as like this living progeny of his own. Should I respect her yeah. pronouns? Is yes, yes. Like, wondering that's whether, so wondering whether she is an it or a she, and then kind of realizing that he is referring to her as a she on her own, like apropos of nothing. After saying, after saying, I never really knew my cousin. That's Maria. the other one. Yeah. Like, Surely yeah. ev- dropping everyone's jaw. <laughs> yeah, he, he literally does. Like, he, he literally does in that one was saying, like, Sage has been crucial to my survival here in cyberspace. She's the best. She. It, it, it's a program. I wonder if she has a preference. Like you said, to go back to Jake talking about Sonic, like, you know, like recognizing his friend's mental health. Like, yeah, Dr. Eggman, like literally, like you said, coming to terms with he's created life and should respect it in that uh, that aspect is the first time I heard it. It threw me for a loop. I was like, (laughs) "Okay, I need to hear that again. And (laughs) and then, yeah, just straight up says, like, I never really knew my cousin Maria. Everyone spoke of her like she was very special. All that love for someone who was gone when I was right there. But I have to wonder, back then, was she anything like Sage is now? That is <laughs> such a... It says so <clears throat> much. <clears throat> we've never had that to this point. We don't know. We've never known what he feels about this, like, legacy character who has not even been around for a long time, but has been so important to another character in the franchise. Yeah. And suddenly... 
in this like fishing mini game. And, and it's such yeah, an it's interesting like, like way to look at it as like the root of where kind of all of this started for Eggman. Yeah, actually, yeah. You could extrapolate that, yeah, he was ignored uh, after this tragedy and his entire existence is like, but look at me! I'm Dr. Eggman! Look at me! And that that was part of it. And oh my goodness. it's And, and it also does a good job because he doesn't give too many details. And I think a lot of the, the lore that's introduced in this game we've been dancing around it for a while but we'll yes the ancients look kind of familiar don't yes. they <laughs> it, and a that and that's brought up in these where eggman literally says he's run tests on like the records of the ancients and that they bear a striking resemblance in appearance and dna to the god of destruction chaos uh guardian deity that to call meets at the the chaos emerald shrine and um yeah i mean just to, to go into it that like yes the the ancients created the chaos emeralds uh they're from another planet they brought the chaos emeralds to the planet because some force was like swallowing them up and going to destroy their entire world however they were drawn to you know sonic's world earth etc um by the master emerald which was already there so yeah. wild <laughs> yeah yes so the, the fact that this happened before any other civilization like i don't think contradicts like even like the most obscure japan only lore about like the chaos emeralds um because you know you could just say like oh what about the temples in in unleashed that use the chaos emeralds like well they got built after or um i think there's even some i think it's in like the sonic adventure perfect guide which the adventure 2 one gave us like the 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 secret files from rouge that filled in a lot of gaps about maria but in the sonic adventure one they talk about how i don't think the echidnas called the emeralds chaos emeralds until after the the calamity i personally you know i'm not super familiar with that lore and i don't think a lot of people are unless you're you know you're way digging the trenches i don't think this contradicts any of that because it happened so long ago you know the fact that the chaos emeralds were created by these outside beings like is just cool lore um and you know explaining like where this water god chaos came from is just also really cool and um i I even like to think like okay we're getting long in the tooth here but let me let me just throw this out here i even think the fact that the coco vaguely like act and look like chow but aren't um eggman also mentions in his logs that the ancients like died out after less than a generation from some unknown force or they just couldn't adapt to the the different um terrain or atmosphere of sonic's earth and the fact that they didn't straight up like show like chow having a direct link to the ancients makes me wonder if they want to reveal that later or leave it vague but i think the chow are like the devolved forms of the ancient mm. and so well, i think that's kind of what they're implying is that you know yeah he says in one of the egg memos after countless years their dna corroded to the point they were completely transformed into a new species some kind of radiation affected them for eons making them unrecognizable you look back at some of the you know original deep lore and it's that chaos is a mutated chow yeah so what we have either is the ancients their dna corroded and they eventually devolved into chow and then one remutated back into chaos yes made him look like his original kind of ancient progenitors or maybe they retconned it so it's the other way around where 
chaos is basically like the midpoint between the ancients and their full chow de-evolution i wouldn't put it past them retconning it because i don't think it's ever stated in the actual game that he's a mutated chow that's just something that was added later i think so and honestly it's not like it's not unlike ian and the gang to retcon stuff that just doesn't seem to fit anymore like getting rid of christmas island sorry fans of christmas island (laughs) out there but that's no longer sonic's hometown apparently i even looked that up because i that was also in the same conversation and straight up found people saying like you know those internal sega japan documents like that is where christmas island came from but they're not preserved like the other stuff so hey if it ever shows up again you know maybe but at the same time it's one of those like well was that ever really canon it's it's one of those to where i i I think i've said this comparison before and i kind of hate to use it but it's like the new like star wars you know extended universe stuff is that it's all canon until it isn't and all of this is kind of brought together on the fourth island where we kind of get all of these different story flashbacks depicted as Sonic is activating these towers that will breach the barrier between dimensions. Ooh, I'm sure that's not going to blow up in our faces. Oh, wait. Air quotes <laughs> around fourth island, by the way, because if you look around, you see this is just at the top of the first island. Yeah, um, it's... Yeah, there there have been mod projects to try and reassemble them back into one island. The the final island is even like very similar to the first one. And you know, Just like we talked thing. about it's like yeah, maybe they ran out of time or maybe they wanted to play it safe, but you know, hey, throw some snow on that last island and I'd be happy, <laughs> but we'll we'll see. But yes, the this is also where you know, it is reflected visually on the other islands, but this whole process has been a pretty hard physical toll on sonic like he is being corrupted in the same way his friends have been imprisoned and you know sage is kind of hanging over his shoulder the whole time saying like you know this is killing you right he's like "Uh, it'll i'll be okay it's for my friends (laughs) when we've been seeing sage slowly but surely like observe his relationship with his friends and sort of warming to the idea of sonic being a a pretty okay kind of guy and maybe someone that you know Eggman could work with to solve this problem because Eggman's like what no she brings up the times they've worked together like the arc he's like that was purely out of desperation I'm, I'm, I ain't doing this what about the other four or five times? Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> it is, it's a very good uh, comedy beat as well. But um, yeah, you you also, I mean, especially like Sonic and Tails and Sonic and Knuckles, um, all, all of Sonic's friends, like Sage is in the corner, like watching and is, you know, she's, she, it is like a classic, like, oh, this, this AI is developing real feelings and whatnot, or realizing that they are conscious in a way that like they have a soul uh in there somewhere and it's and she has like a really you know there's the sad scene with her crying and the the kind of like deliberately clumsy vocal music the song going on in the background which is kind of funny that she's reflecting on all of her times with eggman and all of them are in cyberspace yes So yeah, Sonic does, he he activates all these towers, uh, all these towers seemingly like brings down all of the, the barriers between cyberspace and the real world. And After some struggling platforming sections that I really had trouble with, but at least they give you the option to like cut out a bit of it and read them like, like checkpoints made out of like these little levers that you can grab onto. 
and they yeah. i mean i do love how they look i mean you are so high up in the air and ah they it is another one where they just look cool like you, you kind of forget that all you're doing is climbing the towers for to see a cutscene because they do look really cool but you know sonic he does all this and it totally breaks him like mind and spirit <laughs> he is fully cyber corrupted um after freeing his friends this is what happens when you spend too much time on the internet kids <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it, it, despite the corruption it does bring tails knuckles amy and eggman out of cyberspace but it also surprise brings out the voice that has been guiding this whole time which shocker is the thing that was hunting the ancients all along. What? Because as we also learn from the flashbacks, the, yeah, the ancients were fighting against this thing even after it followed them to Earth, using the Titans to fight back against it, and one of them sacrificed themselves to absorb this thing into its Titans so that it could be sealed away. And it's out now. Uh-oh. Yeah, we, we kind of get to know like several they, they they're never given proper names, um, but I think are referred to as like the hero is the one that sacrifices himself. And the ancients they built the Titans to to fight this thing and it just wasn't powerful enough. Like they are, you know, constantly referred to as so advanced and um, you know, that they created this this cyberspace and yet they were helpless against this this force that was just wanting to to destroy everything that they've built and yes the hero sacrifices themselves to seal the entity within their titan um but in the process like like dies like i i believe one of the other ancients literally says like oh my god it killed them uh yeah and they are moved by his sacrifice and uh, yes imprison the titan all of the titans in cyberspace but yes like you said oops yep the 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 scary mysterious voice was bad all along and now sonic is seemingly quote-unquote dead but you know his friends say we can't let this sonic's the only one that can stop it and give up their newly released physical forms to restore sonic and he realizes like all right well all the chips are on the table now i i have to do this to to save my friends and the world <laughs> it does feel like you know sonic's uh degradation just kind of like goes away in that instance i know they're giving that they're giving away their freedom for it but it almost felt like the big build-up just kind of led to sonic being like okay i'm fine again <laughs> yeah but yeah a little fine. bit it like we said it might be maybe a, a, a cut sequence or two or a story thread but uh yeah i i mean it at least the theme of it that the whole time sonic is in like physical pain um as he is you know unlocking his friends and saving them and keeps putting it off like yeah but it's all gonna be worth it and then yes like seemingly sacrifices himself and you know it it also mirrors the the, the cutscenes we're seeing with the ancients where the hero and but but you know sonic and his friends are going to change the future they're not going to to do the same thing and and you know I, I i think it still mostly works on on that level at least also kind of mirrors the metal virus arc a little bit with sonic slowly getting oh. infected over the course mm, of yeah. the story yeah 
and having having his entire worldview challenged by <laughs> everything falling apart. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. So yep, this this last island instead of Sonic's friends, it's Sage, and this is kind of the ultimate like, hey, now she's finally talking to him and asking him like why are you the way you are? And, and Sonic, you know, kind of spells it out for her. <laughs> I think it's worth saying at this point that Sage is great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I just really, really like Sage. Um, I wasn't sure if I was going to like this new original character in a Sonic game, because let's be honest, they're usually not good these days, but Sage they're is just lovely. They're pretty hit and miss in general. Yeah, infinitely so in some cases. Um, <laughs> but this character is just lovely. I just think she's a, she's a sweetheart. She's a little. She's yeah. Eggman's little daughter. Yes, yeah, like a well-worn concept in in fiction. Like I said, this this artificial creation of of like becoming self-aware. And yes, framed it in this. And I mean, hey, like. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility to say, hey, remember a couple of years ago in, in when or I say a couple of years ago when people were taking that one sprite in Mania and turned it into Eggette? I was, was going to say they saw Eggette and they're like, hold my beer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what if what if we took that concept? And yeah, I'd love Gosh, I love uh, talking about Eggman characterization. The the memo where he literally talks about who says I can't create life, huh? Just a bunch of proteins bumping together. Anyone can do that. (laughs) A true genius does it with code and electrons. And if I did create life, she would be brilliant and loyal and perfectly effective. And you know why? Because her dad is a genius. That's why. Oh, man, it's just so good. It's, yes, taking taking that concept and putting it with Dr. Eggman and simultaneously, like, making her into a her own character with her own motivations in, like, the span of this one, you know, this one game. And it, it yes, it's it's wonderful. She is adorable. It, it, I'm, I'm, one of my favorite little bits is Eggman is talking to Sage. He's like, well, I've really outdone myself. You know, I don't know where I went wrong with Orbot and Cubot. They are your creations, like me. That would make them like my brothers. Hmm. I suppose so. And I'm like, oh, that's so cute. Oh my god. <laughs> now I want to see that. I want to see all three of those those goobers hanging out together. Before I read all the egg memos, at first I was worried that, oh, is this going to be like Eggman doesn't actually care about her that much? Because he mm. seemed kind of dismissive at first. But then I realized, oh no. No, he really cares. Yep. <laughs> that's what makes <laughs> it so heartbreaking. You you really get a, a lot of fleshing out on this last island of, of Sage. And this is also uh, again to go back to she you know her her color scheme is the sonic shorthand for edgy is she's red and black um yeah <laughs> with, with you know her eye color and then her white hair but as she is like spending more time with sonic she's kind of shifting to like this blue and white like you know kind of angelic or the, the first thing especially after that memo is she does kind of look like maria um mm. And, ah. and I wonder if that was intentional. Um, but, but you know, the, the fact that she is becoming her own person is she is shifting into this, she's a different look. She's, she's evolving. She's, she's changing physically. So this last island, you know, once you collect the sixth emerald, Eggman finally shows back up and he's, he's got the one last one. I think it's the purple emerald. And he, you know, the whole time he's so like, yeah, well, you know, I knew you wouldn't be quick enough. So I went ahead and picked it up for you, Hedgehog. And Sonic is... <laughs> 
<laughs> very much. I think he throws something back at him like, yeah, well, I'd never want to disappoint you, Eggman. <laughs> it's it's really good. It's Sonic is, you know, realizing that this is, hey, this has happened before. And, um, that, you know, also that this is the stakes are high, but not enough to not throw a little joke in there. <laughs> yeah. And so after all this, we finally get um, we get our fourth Titan battle with basically Ava Unit 1 with the big gun. <laughs> I, I was so overleveled by this point, I ripped through this <laughs> yeah. Yeah. in hard mode. <laughs> and I mean, we, we skipped over that, hey, the, the night fight in Chaos Island is oh, bitching yeah. too, but... Uh, hey. Big shout outs to the revengeance moment when Sonic cuts the thing oh, out. yes. <laughs> with the super psi loop and oh boy. Oh, so dope. Yeah, I, I really like that this is where we get the title track drop of this this orchestrated version of, of I'm here. Slowly adding the lyrics as you go, which I quite like. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. a good touch. But uh, yeah, the gameplay, like I've seen multiple people say, I was so overleveled, the, the fight is over almost immediately. But yeah, hey, it's it, the cinematic aspect of it holds up. But yeah. Okay, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't say that um, if you're not playing on hard, the game basically ends here. So don't forget before this last fight to switch over to hard. I, I played the whole game on hard and didn't really find it that challenging or much of a difference. So, But that is so weird that, <laughs> you know, that that's basically the only difference. <laughs> I get, in some ways, I get why they did this. But on the other hand, I'm like, huh bit of a strange decision you, you defeat this final titan and instead of killing the entity it is fully released kind of zaps off into space and sage is like oh god uh it's gonna destroy the whole planet we have to stop it now and so she um realizes she now can control this titan now that it is fully empty and can follow supersonic into space but is pretty sure she's not coming back from this. All we did was chase it out of its shell. It's retreating into space to regain its true form. Even Supersonic won't be able to stop it. I know what I must do. I must... leave you. I understand. Go. Fulfill your function. Tells his cyber daughter to get into the robot and fulfill her function. (laughs) Yeah. And I I feel like there was more intended for this last fight because as it's starting, you know, Supersonic is shouting, He took your home world. He took your lives. Are you going to let him do it all over again? I need your help. We can end this. Please. I felt sure in that moment that they were going to, like, have the Spear of the Ancients or even the Cocos or something, like, involved yeah. in that fight somehow, and then it just ended up being kind of nothing. Yeah. It feels like you could say, is he calling out to the, you know, the preserved spirits of the Ancients in cyberspace since, like, the barriers are down? But yeah, it sure does seem like he you know that line was meant for something bigger because like yeah. we said if if you're not playing on hard sonic says that and then it shifts to the final qte and you get the normal ending but if not your perspective pulls out you are actually playing as sage in the titan and you get one more you know we kind of glossed over that they introduced the little hacking mini games in tails's section that are somebody at sega is a big fan of ikaruga <laughs> yeah Ikaruga, um, uh, very reminiscent of like the same sections in like Near Automata, 
Um, and just shmups in general, shoot 'em ups. You know, yeah. your your tohos, your your 1942s, etc. Interesting et change. <laughs> yeah, the switching between the two different modes though is very Ikaruga. Oh yeah, it's straight out of Ikaruga, like you said. Um, and I mean, it feels fine. It is a little. I remember the first time it happened. It's a little jarring. Kind of the same with the the pinball mini game, which hey, you either like it or you don't. <laughs> um, I had no trouble with the pinball minigame. Y'all are just bad. Uh, skill issue. <laughs> <laughs> pinball, pinball took me a while, but like I can look back on it and be like, eh, it was okay. <laughs> the hacking minigames were practice for this because this is where you get the introduction of the villain, simply known as the, the end. end. It is this enormous planetoid, this beautiful purple planetoid, and it starts speaking to you with this double-layered voice. I'm pretty sure it's it's Cindy and Mike yeah. layered on top of each other. Mortal, you have served your purpose. Now face your end. I am the all-consuming void. What can one mote of golden light illuminate within the abyss? Countless stars, countless worlds, countless lives. All fell to me, all brought to nothing. All the teeming chaos of creation brought to order, to neutrality, to nothing. I saw your mind as you ran through my prison. You have fought machines and gods. They were mighty. They were finite. I am infinite. I am nothing. You struggle as so many have done before. You will be consumed like all those before you. I saw your mind. Your courage never wavered. Why? Arrogance, ignorance, stupidity. I was contained once. Once. Is that why? My captors bent time and space. My captors built a whole reality to contain me. My captors burned their souls away to fuel their engines. And you? You glitter. You fly about me like a gnat. I am inevitable. I cannot be denied. You strike this incarnation with all your might. It changes nothing. You are not brave. You are not victorious. No matter what form I take, the end comes for you all. There is so much to read in there. Yeah. <laughs> yes, like, it's not just a destroyer. Like, say, a, you know, a, a Beerus god of destruction, or even, a, <laughs> you know, a chaos. It is the very concept of nothingness. This is what the ancients feared, that not only would they all die, but that everything that they had put into the universe would be wiped from existence. And 
Oh man, we we could we could go for an entire episode on what I think that that means like just in general, but combining this with like the themes of the game and even like the not the okay rock song but the the closing credits that this really feels like some kind of statement on putting art into the world and leaving a legacy of like your accomplishments and what it means to have like th- that very concept threatened to be like wiped from existence. And who boy, it's it's a lot to deliver in the night, you know, the the eleventh hour of a Sonic the Hedgehog game. Yeah. But I would be lying if I said I wasn't a hundred percent on board that yeah. I. I really love it. Yeah, I never really drew that comparison, but now you mention it, yeah. Uh, I just feel like some sort of god representing some sort of like finality in the the world is very much like this is a persona ass final boss. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is. Yeah, with a with a speech that's very akin to kind of like uh, Gladys's final speech in um in the first Portal game, where it's like mm. you didn't do this, you didn't do that, and like she's just going on and on and on, like d- like to the detriment of the player, and then. Kaboom. <laughs> yes. But I'm not owned. S- I'm not owned. So I scream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, basically, yes, this entity saying like nothing, you know, it, it's almost like it's almost like not like the the self-destructive nihilism, like taking physical. Form. Yeah. It's saying like compared to the rest of the universe, you're nothing. Your friends are nothing. Your thoughts and emotions and your concept of love are nothing because I'm going to take it all away. But yes, I yeah. Golden Nat, which is which is supersonic. It sure is, man. <laughs> it's it's I love that because, yes, you, you make it through this, you know, I'd say pretty challenging, but fun, like just different section um i you know it took me a couple of tries but by the time i got used to like switching back and forth it 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 builds up um again like it's it's hard not to feel like that final section in a near game where yeah near was what i was thinking yeah and that's okay like yes take some inspiration from near some of the best um uh storytelling i've i've played in games in like the past decade of of yeah the same concepts of like really what does it mean to exist in the in the universe as an individual um yeah it, it's hard not to see the end as like a big you know representation of kind of that fear of death and of like being forgotten not leaving a legacy behind which is kind of what happens with the ancients you could tie it to probably like a lot of different specific events in sonic history but like one that i can think of off the top of my head was it like the Archie comics came to an end just so suddenly and abruptly. And I'm, you know, I'm sure that like Ian Flynn, I mean like Ian Flynn and the crew were like busy working on other things, but like Sonic Archie was a big thing and I'm sure it made a lot of money for a long time. And for it to suddenly end like, yeah, it ended in the middle of several story arcs. Like they were, they were putting out, you know, and it was just gone forever. And they will probably never go back to that. And and it is hard, you know. And I've seen people talk about again. We'll get to like the 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 final closing song, but it's hard not to look at like, yeah, is there a little bit of like sonic team in this it's like hey they know what it means to make a bad game that nobody likes i think there absolutely is and and, you know i don't want to get too precious because we've talked about you know (laughs) corporations ah, (laughs) and and i still believe all that but but thinking about the individual artists or or even a guy like you know izuka who has been the main producer for sonic for for longer than anyone else now like you know when they talk about we are taking all of the the feedback from sonic very seriously but like it's hard for me not to think about like 
you know, they they know what it means to get like really harsh feedback on a game and for people to say like this sucks and is a bad piece of media. And it's hard not to think of like, yeah, what if what if the last thing you did was bad and that's the last thing you ever got to do? And you could do like a philosophical study from Sonic Frontiers. uh, (laughs) It's it's really neat. I think it's a nice way to cap off like some of the the serious parts of this. And and it feels good because, again, as we've been saying throughout this whole discussion, is that the game takes itself seriously when it needs to. Also... The last boss music sounds a lot like Hopes and Dreams from Undertale. Oh man. Yep. Doesn't really contribute to the discussion, but I just thought it was worth pointing out. <laughs> hey, you know, if you really try, you could say, hey man, Toby Fox and his small team sure did have a huge, like, cascading ripple effect on the entire game industry when yeah. Undertale came out that is now being felt years later and probably forever. Now or never! Sage in her Titan does a fastball special with Supersonic, and you get one last final QTE. Um, where he is just rocketing at, uh, you know, impossible, imperceptible speeds through the the uh, vacuum of space as supersonic, and I love how there it's so close in, and you know the the rocket soundscape is building up, and then after you hit the last one, it pulls out so far, and it's just supersonic. The you know the golden net rocketing across the screen, yeah, with that long shriek behind him. Oh. Yeah, gives gives me chill chill bumps. And, That's art. Yep, and then blast straight through this giant you know the end planet but uh it's not enough it's it's doing one last you know it's gonna blow (laughs) watch out he's up to something (laughs) Um, and you know you felt that a self-sacrifice or something was gonna happen to sage the death flags were everywhere like no you don't have to do it though because i really like her but they did it (laughs) (laughs) and i think it's i i didn't pick up that like I and it's clearer now looking back like oh, okay it wasn't going to make it to earth to destroy it it was going to blow up and take sonic like with it and yeah. This is the only point where there are a couple of cutscenes where the the ancients have a very boisterous vocals, which they're they're speaking a I think it's a nonsense language. It, it sounds like the the principal cast doing it, yeah. but I. You know, I noticed that there, although it is very anime, there aren't any, like, anime screams, like, even from Supersonic. Not saying I wouldn't, you know, if they were yeah. there, they'd be cool, but I said, oh, no, you know, they kept it. But this this one simple delivery of when Sage realizes that the thing's going to blow up and take Sonic. No! You know, the way a, a single line from an actor can just convey so much, like, I'm just gushing and gushing, and yes, she she rushes the Titan into the, the end to, ab- like, absorb the damage and, and throws Sonic back to Earth so he escapes it, and... Please, look after... Father. Yep. That's, that's the end of the end. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> And of course, everybody back on Earth is celebrating. And but cut to Eggman. I oh. I fucking felt that pit in my chest. Just. <laughs> you know the fact that nobody went and checked on Eggman. But I don't know. Like that was. I I don't know if you could have pulled that off. <laughs> the the, the mean, image of him falling to his knees after you know seeing the shooting stars is so powerful in of itself. Yeah. 
it's like he he knew like you could argue that he was letting Eggman like preserve his dignity after (laughs) or maybe he thought in the back of his head like you know what the last thing he needs to see is my face that I made it out and you know his his daughter did not I don't know I'm I'm just speculating I mean can you like maybe in another game Sonic would have come down and been like whoa that was crazy how you doing Eggman (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm going to kill you, Sonic. I'm going to kill you. Uh, I've lost all meaning in my life right now, so uh, just let go. <laughs> yeah, we're Sonic heroes. I have a gun. <laughs> he does. Remember that time I just had a f-ing gun? Oh, here it is. <laughs> oh, it's a, okay. So yes, a, a, t- a touching moment. Yeah, this is where we get our first credits roll, and then yes, here we get a a, a, a great little mid credits epilogue of everybody hopping back into the tornado. But they're, you know, once they they get off these islands, they're going on their own separate journeys. Uh, Sonic, Amy, Tails, and Knuckles, and Sonic again is like, um, you know, well, when, whenever you guys are ready to get back together, I'll be there. And Tails is like, yeah. And Knuckles is like, you got it. And Amy's like, sticks is cannon. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that threw me. I was like, what? what sticks? What? <laughs> T- Tangle 2. Yes. Sonic talks to himself a lot. Although, gosh darn it, those sure are hard to trigger in the game. Yeah. So just go look them up on YouTube. But, yep, he mentions all kinds of adventures and the Babylon rogues. And, yeah, Tangle from the comics, you know. <laughs> I mean, you know what? Tangled does have a Tangled has a 3D model in Sonic Dash. So, <laughs> yeah, her her end whisper, yes. Yeah, so laying the groundwork. I'm, again, excited for the future as well as this game itself. But yeah, Amy just casually mentions like, I wonder if Cream and Sticks are free. <laughs> Make a road trip out of it. It was her appearance in Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games is canon to the main universe. (laughs) (laughs) There's one thing that we can take from Boom is sticks. And you know what? I'm happy with that. (laughs) I know Ian has been fighting that fight for a long time, and I'm glad he finally won. (laughs) Yeah, I I think from what I remember, I think he just straight up asked and they said, yeah, sure. Why not? (laughs) (laughs) Go for it. So just bring back a VA if you can. That'd be great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I I mean, I think so. Like she's got voice clips in um the Olympic Games, so yeah, why not? Fingers crossed. And I'm only headed up from here. So once you beat the game, either normal or hard, I can't speak to easy because I didn't play that, uh, you get this secret scene, this end scene, where Eggman looks to be in one of the temples from one of the Starfall Islands, and he's got his computer hooked up to just some of the ancient technology, and he's typing, typing, typing away, and then he discovers something, and we see, uh, we never really see his face, but we see an image of we get to see the camera focus on the screen that he's been inputting commands into and we see uh, some sort of graphic come up and then we hear Father? That's my girl. (laughs) So yeah, like, so that's crazy because like when Sage was in the final battle, I was just like, she was a really cool character. I think it makes sense for her to only be in this game. But now I'm really interested, like, because she's already had this crisis of faith and personality of like first hating sonic just because and now like oh he's not that bad so i'm interested to see what the character dynamic going forward is now that sage is back 
I, I can definitely see a, you know, a future, even more lighthearted story where, you know, Eggman is talking about, you know, building Eggman land and crushing that Sonic and, you know, Sage just popping up in his ear. And it's like, are you sure, you know, like, blah, blah, blah. And like, oh, oh don't, don't worry about that. Yes, yeah, save the world. Yeah. I'll build a ride in Eggman land just for you, Sage. How about that? <laughs> Yay! Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, we did talk about what flashes up on the screen, though, when Sage speaks. It's that symbol that we've been seeing throughout the game yeah, uh, at various points, representing cyberspace and also popping up when, like, the Cocos would pass on, which is a thing I don't think we That's really mentioned right. too much about. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's messed up. <laughs> Well, we did talk about how that, even though it wasn't intended that, yes, like, part of the ancients, like, will or spirits or thoughts are in the Coco. And so, yeah, when we've seen them, like, fulfill, like, oh, you know, Sonic and Amy reunite the lovers, Knuckles helps the uh, separated platoon get back to the battlefield, and then Tails... Yeah, the engineer finished the cannon. Once they finish their purpose, they do, like, move on. So it's less that, like the ancients are fully preserved in the Cocos, but like just that the last strongest idea before they were destroyed or before they, you know, were uploaded to cyberspace remained. And it seems like the only exceptions are the elder and the hermit Coco who talk about how they, they're almost like, I would almost say like maintenance programs for cyberspace to where they kind of know everything that's going on, but like, it's not their place to, you know, they're also, they're all, also missing some of the like yes. crucial stuff and like the elder coco talks about how like he's got so much lingering guilt over all of the fall all of his uh fallen brethren that he's not sure how easily he would be able to you know let that go so they, they got they got stuff going on yeah i think that's even where sonic uh says like hey I, I know a time traveler we could maybe figure it out and he's like no we're not gonna mess with time it's it's my burden to bear um I think that symbol is just supposed to meant to represent cyberspace. So it's, I think it's saying at the end that Sage, because, uh, you know, they never really go into details, but because she is like a simultaneously physical and digital, like maybe like Eggman was able to recover her from the Titan um, because it was directly linked to cyberspace or or, or something like that. I I think that's the significance of that symbol showing up on the... uh, his computer at the end maybe so or maybe there's more to sage than we think (gasps) guess we'll find out in the future yeah sonic frontiers to electric boogaloo (laughs) (laughs) oh goodness man i i mean i i said it just reiterate that yeah the whole story to this game like i very much enjoyed uh playing it but the 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 story just really like gave me the warm fuzzies i'm excited about (laughs) sonic stories in the games again um you know again not to say that i i hated anything that we've had for a long time it's just this that was like a a twinkie in between meals and this was like a buffet (laughs) (laughs) Yep. And you know what? We might not have to wait five years to find out, like, what's going to happen next. I would certainly hope not. Oh, boy. Yes. <laughs> They've announced a bunch of, like, quality of life little features, but the big thing is more playable characters and more story content. For free. Yep. All for free, yeah. I'm For free? Yeah. 
Yes, <laughs> I think they learned their lesson when they tried to charge people, what was it, $4 for supersonic and forces, and before <laughs> we as a global society rejected that concept. <laughs> Hard. <laughs> The director, and I think Izuka, has said that they consider Frontiers a a new cornerstone for Sonic, so that this is a new, like, you know, if you considered the adventure era, the boost era, that that is what this is. So I think they're sticking with it for a while. And the the reception, as far as I know, has been quite positive word of mouth. Yes. Not going to dig into, like... You know, I don't, I, I don't do Metacritic or whatever. That stuff's too weird. And, and, you know, where do those numbers come from? Why do we still assign numbers to reviews? But I, the word of mouth I know of has been quite positive. If nothing else, I'm pretty sure it's still the highest rated Sonic game in years. So, or the highest 3D. Besides Metacritic is sort of an, a relic of the meta era of Sonic. So we don't need to. <laughs> it, <anymore. laughs> it all comes back around. But hey, new story, new playable characters, apparently. I don't know how much that's going to extend to. Maybe we'll know by the time this episode comes out, but right. maybe not. Yeah, yeah. It's obviously coming in, it looks like, at least three three different updates or waves. But yeah, we'll, we'll see. Like you said, it's all free, so just strap in. <laughs> I would not be surprised if at least update one was out by the time that we put this episode out to get... The jukebox, photo mode, the challenge modes. Yeah, I mean, something that uh, I definitely saw is the fact that the arcade mode lets you replay cyberspace, but doesn't let you replay those boss battles. And yeah. oh boy, I've, I've got a couple of saves just so I can go back and do that. <laughs> yeah. We won this whole time. We're not really talking about the music too much, by the way. Sorry, everyone. We covered the whole story and that we've neglected the music for the most part, apart from the boss battle stuff. Uh. Jake, you want to talk about that? <laughs> yeah. All right, let's do it. So I think uh, I think one of the marketing campaigns behind this game is the music and just how <clears throat> just how different it is to to previous Sonic music. But it's I'm not going to say it's like a complete departure. It is as I've said before in our Discord chat. It is a maturation of the music, where um, whereas like the story is a huge uh, stepping stone forward. Um, as far as like th- uh, the maturing of Sonic and his friends, the music is a big maturation from the. And I'm not saying this in any bad way. This is the really awesome butt rock <laughs> is what we will call <laughs> the adventure series, and even like into Unleashed and some of that um, into just straight up metalcore. This is metalcore. Um, but before we get into those really big pinpoint boss music things i do want to i I think it'd be good for us to just take a few minutes to talk about some of the music that plays throughout the game that you hear while you're cruising around the open uh zones and through the cyberspace uh areas because i mean yeah those those vocal tracks are freaking awesome but we i feel like it'd be better for us to give good due service to you know the other 98 percent of the music (laughs) (laughs) yep i I I I 100% agree with your assessment because this does feel like a not only like you said a maturation or a or a like a next level evolution of just like because um, I mean uh, Tomoya Otani has been composing for Sonic for a long long time and this really does feel like a something like super different that I, and you know, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but sure does feel like it would be a challenge for even a experienced composer, because I think 
I, I want to say that there's like some, uh, you know, if you broke down like every individual little piece of music, because um, a lot of the, uh, like you said, a lot of the, um, the themes for the islands are dynamic and change. There's something like almost 900 pieces of individual music, I think. And the fact that, yes, like you said, the main vocal themes are very, like, uh, uh, like you said, traditional sonic, rock and roll, lots of cool guitars, and some, you know, metalcore, etc. But that the, a lot of the island music is very atmospheric, and, and it's there for, for almost 100% of the time. Like, there's very little, like, you know, straight up dead silence, but that it, it blends together with the soundscape to, to like cultivate, uh, almost characters for the individual islands. I really like how I believe the music does change as far as like starting out on the island versus like the first major, like uh, story beat where you encounter one of Sonic's friends versus like when you collect all the emeralds and you're like traveling to the Titan. And then it, that's when you, especially on that first island i know it kind of kicks in and you get like a very boisterous like all right it's 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 time for the big boss battle yeah. and i i gotta say like it, it's the kind of music and i remember this people having this discussion with breath of the wild to where it's not traditional like i'm not exactly humming the island music but i would miss it if it wasn't there yeah which i you know i think just kind of goes with that well, if you listen to the soundtrack, like each of the islands has their own set of movements, so yes, like yes. And that covers like the progression of the island, and I love that. Yeah, like, you, you get like a different vibe for each one, but there's also that like throughout there's that somber feeling, and I love it, man. And there is a lot of um uh of uh, hey my favorite uh you know thing that I know about music is that the the le motif of <laughs> um I'm here the main theme does weave its way into a lot of those yep. tracks and mm-hmm. uh yep I like that um but I do I love some of the behind the scenes footage they they put of like some of the sessions for recording for uh, I, I think love it's that Aries stuff Island. Where, wow, some of the, like, looks like some very, like, unique instruments that I've never seen before from some of these studio musicians. And, I, I, man, I love watching a studio musician in a, you know, in a recording session just sitting there and just playing the most complex piece of music I've ever heard. Like, they're sitting in the bathtub, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, it's the most natural thing on Earth. Oh, it's, a, it's amazing to watch artists of that caliber work. Yeah. I, I I love just watching artists in the studio work too. Like I, I when when Sega was showing these videos of the musicians recording music in the studio, I, I love that. And it was reminiscent of when Nintendo actually showed um, the their musicians recording music for the Mario Kart Eight like DLC yes. parts. Oh and, my god! Dude, oh, yeah, man, I freaking love it. <laughs> but yeah. Um, I think the open world music, uh, Jeremy said it at best, I think, where you're not humming along to it because like there's no super outstanding melodies, but the, it it's so serviceable and it it fits so incredibly well in the open world. I think transitioning to the cyber levels, that's where mm. that that's like the <laughs> the most different <laughs> music. Like electronic music is no stranger to Sonic games, but like it, it's so. It also fits the cyber level so well because you are literally going to like a different world and it kind of makes sense to have completely different music where it ranges from kind of generic like electronic level music to you have some levels that have straight up dubstep, which I haven't heard in literal years, but it works. 
Yeah. Yes. It's funny how they go to like nostalgic lengths without actually re- referencing any past music because there are a few tracks that are like '90s house music going yeah. through this, and that that takes me back to old Sonic times. Yeah, so, something I mean, about it feels like the natural evolution of kind of the stuff they were trying to do with uh, the modern and Avatar tracks in Sonic Forces. Yes, mm, which yeah. I. I, I really like those, uh, you know, thinking back to things I liked about Forces is I really liked those Avatar tracks with the, uh, you know, the haunting vocals and samples. And I mean, you know, it's probably pro- playing right now because I'm the editor and I get to put it in. But I think there is a, you know, the reason the, the marketing led with it and people getting stuck trying to S-rank that, you know, that one, two Sky Sanctuary Oh, yeah. I was just thinking the, about that uh, one. Yeah. Disappear. That, that, <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's so cool. Oh man. It's like you said, it it does such a great job of 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 standing out as this is cyberspace and things are different and so it gets an entirely separate music identity that still has like you said tons of different genres of of drum and bass and electronic and and dubstep. Um but that not a lot of that is in any of the other music so it is like oh that's cyberspace this is the sound of cyberspace (laughs) yeah yeah the one problem is that like it's a little hard for me to kind of separate the tracks in my mind because all the levels look like one another so it's like even though every track every course has its own track you kind of forget that they all sound different the biggest problem I had was not being able to appreciate the the track on a like I said when I recognize Metal Harbor I'm hearing those <laughs> those uh, uh, trumpets, trumpets from Metal Harbor <laughs> yes yeah. but. Uh, I appreciate that cyberspace has its own identity instead of yeah if every time you you got to a level you recognized if they just did a cool you know a generations-esque remake remix of that I don't know there you know there's mods for that I saw that there's there's already a mod where people just put in the music from the levels in there so you know that's what you want that's that but I I agree with you Jake I appreciate that cyberspace has its own musical identity and even from even from a story perspective it makes sense because there's a point where Sonic literally says that the, that the cyberspace levels are they seem to be like he says they seem to be like recreations of of places he's been in his memories in the past and like in, in like a story narrative way it makes sense for it to like visually it looks the same but to distinguish that it's different besides like the glitchy backgrounds and like kind of different level layouts you have different music and this is its own product so well, that's Ian Flynn trying to explain everything. As he <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. him for it. Possibly, possibly. So we've talked about the open world music. We've talked about some of the event music. We've talked about the cyber levels. Let's finally get into the big, awesome like marketing campaign, vocal tracks that are just make me make my happy little metalcore heart explode every time I listen to them. <laughs> um, yep. and, and we talked about it earlier, but like the first one you hear in game. Uh, undefeatable and man woo. yes you, you get a yeah you get a little bit of i'm here which was in marketing but a little bit on the title screen i i've already talked about how it feels like all of these are supersonic themes and it may have been because before the like the full soundtrack got released to streaming like in the middle of December I had the like the little sample soundtrack downloaded that included Undefeatable I might have listened to that song like a hundred times by now it's so good 
I, so I love the I love the lyrics. I, I feel like the lyrics are specifically from the perspective of Supersonic saying like this is over. Let me let me tell you like how this is gonna end. I'm undefeatable. I'm what you get when the stars collide. I've been through this before and I know how it ends and oh, it's so good. And yeah, what a what I, I was unfamiliar with Caleb Quinn before this, but I really love their vocals on these. They're yeah. They're powerful and like stand up to the 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 energy of these songs so well. Like there there's a reason why this has turned into the new, you know, rules of nature or devil trigger <laughs> yeah. online. Yeah. And people are just mashing it up with stuff. So going back to the uh, like the marketing campaign of the like the vi- the studio videos and all that when um when otani mentioned that like in recording for this for this game he was using a seven string guitar i i got so excited because i was just like "Ooh, that's new territory that's awesome and then (laughs) and then um so like the, the funny thing we haven't mentioned yet is that everybody except me played this game like almost on release i waited a while because i'm frugal i was waiting for a sale never happened so i just yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's worth the 60 bucks in my head at least um <laughs> so uh so they all had already beaten it i i listened to undefeatable before playing the game i legitimately was so surprised at the incorporation of metal screaming that blew yes. my freaking mind and i am <laughs> still so into it and i'm just like we have metal screaming in a sonic game and it works and i am so hype <laughs> like I'm so glad sonic finally caught up to that trend <laughs> yeah <laughs> and like i think i think as far as sonic history this was the right time to like bring in that style of music because this is such a different game like if if we heard that in like forces i feel like that would have just not meshed well but this is such a different game yeah I, there, there were, you know, there are people that push back on, you know, Infinite's theme, which I, hey, I like that kind of music, so I think it's fine. The fact that there is also a track featuring the vocalist from Infinite's theme on this as well, that it's like a a spiritual successor to that style of music, yeah, but yeah. in a much cooler game, in a much cooler boss fight. Like, like I, I think Find Your Flame might be my favorite of the boss tracks. It's real good. It's it's real real good. Like you said, the the <laughs> the, the Metal Gear Revengeance using the super psi loop on the sword to cut the guy in half. Oh boy. Yeah. But yeah, I I love that that every Titan battle, like again, like they're all in the same similar genre, but also are are very unique. Like I, I would say none of these songs sound like each other in a in a good way. So like undefeatable sounds like in, in like this current market of music of like late 2022 slash early 2023 undefeatable sounds like the music you would think of if you hear somebody say metalcore when you go into find your flame that like they're all still like same similar style same similar genre but find your flame has more punk rock elements with uh, especially with the drums doing like the the one two kind of uh back and forth of like the bass and the like the kick drum and the snare drum um and like the good thing is with these with these standout vocal tracks uh, for the Titans, like I said, it all stays in like the same genre, but they have different flows and different um, inspirations behind them. Um, before we started recording this, I was listening to some of the music from the individual people, like uh, Kellen Quinn and uh, Tyler Smith, and yeah, Mary Kirk Holmes. Not to skip over their performance, and I'm here, but 
I really appreciate how they are singing at such a high register, but nowhere does their voice crack yeah. or, or go out of tune that I, I don't know, that just, it, it, it hits something in my body with the, the vocals for I'm Here, that it, it, it fills me with the emotions that the song is trying to convey because the, the vocals sound so powerfully strained, I would, I would, I would describe them as. Yeah. The music sounds very true to who these singers are because, uh, like, I listened to the song "If You Can't Hang" by Sleeping with Sirens because I, I personally I'm not super familiar with them. I looked on YouTube and the music video has 142 million views, so I was like, okay, that seems like a good place to start. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and and like it sounds it, like the music in this music video sounds very much like the music that plays during the boss fights in Sonic Frontier. So I'm glad that when they were recording, they had the presence of mind to look for. Uh, lead vocalists who work within that genre super well and like they're not trying to force those those vocalists to try to sing like a different style it's just like you're good at this we're doing this please help <laughs> yeah <laughs> and I think I I, I want to say I read something from from uh, uh, Otani or the other producers that yeah for like like Mary Kirk Holmes like they heard their band and liked them and like got into contact and said hey we're doing a song similar to this and I, I think that's pretty cool I mean that's kind of what Jun Tanoa used to do back in the day with like the adventures and shadow yeah, yeah, like the entire Shadow the Hedgehog soundtrack is just that. <laughs> Bands I liked. <laughs> Don't mess with a good thing. Yeah. The vocal tracks aren't all just like hardcore metalcore music. We also have Sage's song to her father, Eggman, sung by Quinn Barnett, Dear Father. I mean, it's sweet. Yeah. Can I? Yeah. I. Maybe I need to listen to it on its own. I think I've only listened to it in this game. I guess the the only criticism I would levy on it is it is so on the nose. Oh, definitely. Yeah, it's it's like an anime ending song. <laughs> yeah, and and I I guess that it, that doesn't really bother me. I thought the one point I I think you you literally said it, Falero. The the kind of it, it sounds a little off kilter. The little humming section within the game where she's remembering. I I guess it it's not out of tune. I don't know. I guess at the end of the day, I. Appreciate appreciate the especially the fact that it plays in the credits right after the final battle is oh okay i see that is this song's purpose and yes it did maybe get me choked up a little bit but <laughs> i still like it a lot better than past attempts to do like the slow kind of ballady songs like my destiny from sonic 06 yeah, we're gonna keep going back to i do wonder you mentioned this is like a bit of an anime ending would it have like hit differently if it was sung in Japanese? Like, <laughs> hmm. would it feel different? Like the because would it like evoke feelings of the uh, the the Sonic X ending? The, the yes, I, yeah, maybe. that was liter- literally the the that before you said that that was what I thought of, and I was like, yeah, maybe. And then, like, well, is that just the dumb? weeb version yes, of my brain absolutely. that is lighting up? <laughs> <laughs> so. But it is a very cute song. I don't want to, you know, I, I don't want to crap on it. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is very different from from the rest. That's for sure. But that does bring us to the two other ending things. Yeah, which like you if, might you might miss if you played on hard and not normal, <laughs> which we've all heard already. Yeah, yeah, we've, we're all very familiar with that one, and it is interesting that you know they have a quote unquote licensed song in there at all. 
But although it's funny though, because like we all heard it, we we're all like, "Oh man, this is fucking great!" And then, <laughs> then the internet was immediately found out. Hey, have you heard the original version? <laughs> they used it. They used yeah, the word. They sure do. <laughs> Fun fact: Not One OK Rock's first collaboration with Sega. They did a song for the original release of uh, Like a Dragon Ishin back in 2013. Wow. Hmm. Okay. I did. Which is not coming back okay. for the remake. No. <laughs> they they used up their one uh, OK Rock uh, <laughs> yep. licensing, um, which I like the song. It's great, but I and I'm not saying this to you know I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Really seems like it was a a late in development. They were like, hey, maybe we should license a cool anime song. Um, because it is, if you play, if you compare the, you know, the ending cutscenes with the tornado between uh, uh, Vandalize and One Way Dream, like One Way Dream starts, the intro starts at the beginning of that scene, whereas Vandalize does not come in until the credits come back in, and so it's just silent. And you know, like I said, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's just kind of obvious that this was just a marketing thing with a you know a cool song from a, a band people know. yeah yeah um, but it fits in a weird way I, yeah I do it does think. it does but i think it's also telling that they left it off the, sa- the uh, official soundtrack yeah yeah it, it got released as its own separate single mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> you, i mean like they changed the lyrics but you can't really have a song on the sonic game that's original lyrics are yeah. <laughs> we might, might 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 get a dam or a hell in a knuckles level, but not, <laughs> yeah. not that one. When Amy was talking about spreading love across the world, this is not what she was talking about. <laughs> Good lord! <laughs> Which it it's also funny in the Sonic Frontiers version that vocalist pronounces the hell out of that H in head. head. <laughs> <laughs> It's, 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 I mean, it's, yeah, it's good. Yeah. It's a good song. Yeah. And I, it, as a drummer, I can appreciate the fact that, like, the, the drummer in, in, uh, Vandalize doesn't, um, he, he doesn't really open up into, like, using open hi-hats or the crash cymbals a whole, whole lot, like, a, a lot of standard rock these days, but he's still able to keep the energy up, and that's just, that's just really cool. I can appreciate that and give props to that. Yeah. So the the final uh, we've already said the title a few times, but the final uh, vocal track that we are talking about today is uh, "One Way Dream" by with vocals by Nathan Sharp. Which, if you are not familiar with the name, but it sounds familiar, is also uh, formerly at this point known as Nate Wants to Battle on YouTube. So, yo, we have a YouTuber who's really good at singing in a Sonic song. That's pretty cool. For the second time, because he was also a vocalist on a bunch of tracks in the 30th anniversary concert. That's right. Yes, he was. Yes, yes. I think he has, like, replaced, like, the original. It's, like, my favorite version of um, Endless Possibility. (laughs) Oh, yeah, the guy from Bowling for Soup. (laughs) I love that they brought in a Sonic YouTuber who really actually legitimately cares about Sonic. Yes, subtle. No, no, that is that is independent of any other Sonic YouTuber out there, anyway. <laughs> and well, yeah, and also can sing. Like, yes. dude has a set of pipes. Like, yeah. that was the biggest surprise when I remember. Um, you know, our, our mutual friends. We were all you know streaming the concert, and it pops up with like guest vocalist. You know, and the, the freaking out. And I was like, oh, okay, this guy's a known entity, and damn, he can sing. Yes. <laughs> 
So yes, he sounds great. And I was also embarrassed that like I didn't recognize it until people pointed it out. But then I was excited that like, oh wow, and now he's in, you know, a, the, the, a Sonic game. And, yeah, uh, singing the Sonic team calling out the haters song. Basically, <laughs> this is what I was talking about, man. Like, you look at these lyrics and don't tell me that this is like a six-minute like a uh, uh, recollection of the past. You know? Yeah, no. Otani has said as much. Uh, yes, and I, and, you know, like you said, that's that's the calling out the haters. I I look at it as a. You know, like the themes of the game itself, they are reflecting on like their legacy and also how, um, you know, hey, they they pulled it off this time. Like, yeah, <laughs> people like they, this one. <laughs> they said we'd break. They said we'd lose. But here we are. What else is new? <laughs> I I really like it. Yeah, man, the music in this game is so good. And I we've talked about it a little bit, but the the soundtrack for this game not all 900 songs thank god but the soundtrack is available <laughs> is available to stream on various uh, platforms i have it up on youtube music right now and i it's currently listing 150 tracks so yep, there you go the long it is the longest sonic soundtrack to date officially that makes yep. sense <laughs> well they gave our open world a lot of uh, soundtrack so to make it not a a fun, filling, full experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sonic Frontiers is really good, isn't it? Man. Yeah, we liked it. <laughs> I have never been more excited for the future of Sonic than I have been after playing this game. Legitimately, yes. It's nice to yep. feel that way after a mainline Sonic game, <laughs> and not just like supplemental material like the comics and yeah. TV shows. Uh, it's good. You know, if, if I had to end it with saying, like, I... I can only speak for myself. I do think if you're if you're a long-suffering Sonic fan that is not, you know, completely given over to despair, that I, I yes, I would say give this give this one a try. And you know, Sonic games always go on sale. Like this one has already been on sale several times for, mm-hmm. you know, quite a hefty discount. It, it was like down from sixty to forty within the first week. Yeah, which it, it is also sold quite well, I believe. Which yeah. it, you know, but. You know, I would say if you if you want like Mania Two, this ain't it. But if, oh yeah, no, yeah. If if you want a, a new if you want a new take on a 3D Sonic game that I think is fun, and yeah, you you really want some good Sonic story, <laughs> then I I would highly recommend it if if you're on the fence. Um, I I really enjoyed my time. I'm probably gonna play through it again several times once that DLC starts coming out. For sure, it's just nice. Like to have that feeling of, oh yeah, Sonic's in good hands. Uh, but relating to this kind of game, like a, a big, big Sonic game, because like for the last time we felt this way was actually Mania for me. It's like, oh yeah, it's nice to have people who care about Sonic and know about Sonic be involved in an official big Sonic product. But now we've got that in a game that's big, you know, a game that's big and has yeah. like big implications to the franchise. Very big. Mania's gone. Like there, are, it's feel. There's still Mania content out there, kind of. But this is the future of Sonic now, yeah. and it's a bright future for once. The fact that they, you know, they are treating this as a a new era of of 3D Sonic games, and it, you know, it's it's tangentially related. But like, people were digging up the fact that like Sega posted positions for, <laughs> like the. Uh, kind of a producer of sonic lore whose job is to like basically collaborate with tyson evan and ian on like keeping everything organized (laughs) for the future 
and others and stuff like that 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 is something they're they're taking seriously as you know as hilarious out of context uh, uh that that sounds but yeah it does have me excited that they're um you know they're they're gonna do that yeah you wouldn't get that in mario uh, mario's <laughs> never really needed it but right. <laughs> for sonic you know and, and the thing that i want to end on is that sonic frontiers is another example of big a big money-making machine video game franchises that is in a new era of a new era of video game development because i think i think one of the really big tipping points was we started with breath of the wild where there's been interviews literally going around saying that like they had new younger developers in who helped flesh out ideas to like totally basically update and sort of remake the Zelda formula. And then we got stuff like Super Mario Odyssey, which is a continuation, but also a really big update to that. We got uh, the new Kirby game, which is, again, a, a reinvention and a new update to that. We got Metroid Dread. And I know these are a lot of Nintendo games, but uh, even like God of War, that got, that's like the same characters, the same game, but like really different new gameplay style that updates the franchise. And now we have Sonic Frontiers, which is doing that too. We are... It's really cool to say that in the years of 2022 and 2023 and the previous years as well for those games, we're in a legitimately exciting new era of younger developers who are making a name for themselves while also being guided by the original creators like Shigeru Miyamoto and uh, people at Santa Monica Studios who made those groundbreaking games and we're continuing these in bold, really cool new directions. And it's just cool to see, especially for Sonic, who's had such a we there's no denying long troubled history of up and downs in gaming and other franchises <laughs> it's so cool to see this bold new move work and not only work but work so well this is a really cool time to not only be a sonic fan but to be a video game fan in an industry that is a lot of of uh negativity surrounding it a lot of valid criticisms it is nice to be able to pick out that like like you said that like new blood is 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 getting its chance to shine with with projects like this Woo, it's yeah. it's very cool and very encouraging makes me it makes me excited as a not only as someone who plays video games but just as like as someone who, who likes to appreciate art in that capacity as well yes. <laughs> but i think that wraps it up yes yes <laughs> finally we have reached the end of our discussion of sonic frontiers and uh so let's uh, plug our socials and everything. Let's do that. <laughs> uh, I am Falero. You can find me on all of the facets of the internet. Well, not all of them, but you can find me on Twitter at least at F A U L E R R O. That's Falero. Woo! Love the jingle. <laughs> Uh, I am Rock the Jake. You can find me on the socials uh, at Rock the Jake, and you can also find me on Twitch at Mr. Rock the Jake. I haven't streamed in a while, but I do legitimately want to get back into that. So keep an eye on that. You can find me on Twitter at Cyberlink420. And that's pretty much it. <laughs> that's all he needs. <laughs> um, and I'm Game Buddy. You can find me around the internet under Game Buddy or Game Buddy One Two Three. And my Twitter is uh, Great Job Jeremy. That's G R and the number eight. And a uh, special thanks, as always, goes out to Amy Waters for the use of our theme song from the album Gotta Go Slow. You can check out more of our work on YouTube and Bandcamp. And uh, please remember to subscribe, review, share, all those funny little things that help us get out there as because uh, as we face new frontiers of our Sonic podcast. Uh, we already made that joke. <laughs> anyway, uh, but next time, 
as it's appropriate that we've just finished talking about a game that has lots of references to Sonic Adventure. And for our next episode, we are actually going back to Sonic Adventure. We're revisiting Sonic Adventure to get into the parts that we didn't talk about because uh, we were trying to keep our podcast short. Imagine doing that while talking about a Sonic game. Uh, we sure didn't this time. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's appropriate that we're going back to Sonic Adventure for, for the anniversary episode of The Hill is Always Greener, our first official year of doing this podcast, or at least releasing it to the public Woo. yep we're we're revisiting sonic adventure with new uh well new experience in the art form of podcasting <laughs> you were actually just gonna get into it this time because last time we were just talking about like oh it was a rocky transition and everyone loves talking about that and all the changes and differences to sonic in 3d but now we're going to talk about it as a video game what? i'm excited yeah. to do that <laughs> yeah i yep, know yep. right <laughs> wild but uh, that's next time, and I hope you join us next time as for our anniversary episode. But until then, I have been Falero. I've been Rock the Jake. I've been Cyberlink. And I'm Game Buddy. And hold up, I've heard all this mad ranting before. <laughs> <laughs> our podcast in a nutshell. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's from the Frontiers prequel comic, see? <laughs> <laughs> Get a load of that. Get a load of that. Yeah. <laughs>